Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to first. Dave the Alcadron Vader, how was your week? Our week was really good. I am really busy with work, but I am hanging in there, mm-hmm. and I am delighted to be here now to discuss some very exciting topics with you. Yeah, some brand new cards. Is it um well let me let me introduce uh Liam first. Next up is Liam, the PDH PhD. How's it going? It's going. Uh life is chaos incarnate right now. Um <laughs> trying to wrap up school. That's what I was gonna ask. Like as 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 teachers, as we get you know, into spring and then, you know, towards April, May, June, does it just get more and more chaotic until it's done? You know, this is, for this the is summer? actually the point where it starts to kind of ease up a bit. Teachers are, are finalizing plans for the rest of the year and the the just kind of riding the wave out. Um at least at least in my area. I don't know about I don't know about Dave. For me, my my term three ends tomorrow. Oh uh, see our term three our term three ended last week. So uh, yeah, so I'm I'm okay. scrambling right now to you know make sure that I I get my you know fin- final term exams finished in such a way that like the kids who are absent still have a time to take it before the term ends, right? And like making sure that they all can turn in their late work and like just grading that. So like my my desk is just this horror show minefield <laughs> mess of late work, yeah, and like tests that i haven't given and like the, the whole thing is a crazy mess but then tomorrow it'll be over and yeah. i can just take it all home and grade it and then be done yeah i'm sorry i think i interrupted so, so, so that was that was me last week uh but but now that we've started tom four it's kind of just riding the wave till the end but i'm trying to wrap up all my personal schoolwork all my homework before i leave the country so you know i'm that's what i'm doing right now well, not not physically right now, but sorry, that's what I'm doing when I'm done recording. I I missed what it was that you were doing. Over, you're getting I'm ready getting for. I'm getting ready to leave the country. You're, you're leaving, I'm right? Leaving the country for for yes. two weeks. Yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is everyone's warning that the next two episodes, uh, 44 and 45, I will not be present, but I will be here for yeah. episode 46 and beyond. Yep. It is. It is. Yeah. I I am I am getting married. I am leaving the country. And and I I will be back. I promise. <laughs> I don't know. You might have a good I time might, over I there. I might not be back. I don't know. We'll f- we'll find out. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I I intend to be back. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's the plan uh, anyway. My my current life is wrapping up homework and all that jazz before I go because I'm leaving the country for two weeks. I'm not just leaving the pod behind. I'm leaving classes and homework and i all that needs to be done before i go <laughs> yeah you're leaving everything behind oh, yeah. for two weeks oh, yeah. it's i am rather envious actually yeah i mean that sounds like a sounds it's like gonna a be time. fun when it's happening but the preparation i have to do is insane because turns out you know leaving your 40 hour week job plus your you know 40 hour week classes at the same time for two weeks it's pretty rough 10 out of 10 would not recommend. Yeah. I think you'd manage, though. <laughs> Sounds like it'll be worth it. it. It will be. 
Yeah, you'll be missed though. You'll be missed. That's for sure. I'm sure um, the pals will miss you. I hope they do. <laughs> All right, good stuff. Let's do How's a little week, bit of Fred? housekeeping. Oh, mine. Oh, hello. Uh, what's good? Good, good, good. Um, actually, like getting over, I guess what people call like. I, I don't want to go as far as to say like seasonal depression, but I hate wintertime, like uh, with fair. a passion. I completely hate it. It's just, and we don't really get snow here anymore. We get like a few inches of snow, maybe eight to 10 inches of snow spread out through the entire winter. Like half of it will come at once. And then the other half is just spread out. We'll get like a quarter inch a week, you know, and it's super annoying. Like if it's going to be single digits or in the teens, I want it to be snowed in. Like it's not worth it to be, to be cold without snow. And it's always gray and cold. I just hate the cold in general. So it's starting to warm up here, but it's that time of year where it does warm up. So every other day is some severe thunderstorm warning, tornado warning, et cetera, et cetera. If you're listening to this and you were hit by the tornadoes, please be safe. I hope you're safe. I think some hit in Iowa, southern Missouri, Arkansas, all that stuff. So it's been a, a typical, typical May, April area, but still, it's always kind of terrible. That's rough. Yeah, yeah, some up in the northeast too, I think. But when, anyway, when I was up in Ooh. northern Michigan, I used to live with a woman who had a seasonal affective disorder, and she would spend the mm-hmm. whole winter with this visor, it just blasted UV light onto her face all day long. And, oh, uh, did it? Did it work? Yeah, yeah, it was helpful. Huh? Like a huge, a huge part of, for her. A huge part of the seasonal affective disorder was that, like, what, you know, up in the 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 northern edge of the Upper Peninsula. Like sure. during, you know, February, like it gets dark at like four o'clock, three thirty. Uh huh. And yep. it you know, the sun doesn't come up until like ten. <laughs> like oh, 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 so no like way. Yeah, that, that that contributes just not seeing the sun like ever just contributes yeah, enormously to, to a lot of people's uh seasonal effective and like just blasting blasting UV light into your face helps a lot. Yeah, and you don't, at least for me, like, I don't even realize it until we get a sunny day. And I'm like, it's like the angels came out. Like, I'm all rejuvenated, and I feel better, and like, ugh, I don't know. It's crazy. Yeah, try try uh, light therapy. Yeah, that is a, I'm going to make a note of that right now, actually, in my phone, so I don't forget it. That's interesting. I'll have to look that up. Oh, all right, well. As usual, we got to do some housekeeping before we get on to the big main topic this week. And uh, if you like the show and you like what we're doing here, check us out over on Patreon. We'd appreciate that quite a bit at patreon.com slash the PDH pod. We're pretty much the PDH pod anywhere you want to find us. Uh, by being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which is usually just a um, short recording of us catching up for the week. Um, I don't know why I, I, le- I leave the word short in there. When we do have a pre-show, it's usually like an hour long. So it's basically like a bonus episode each and every week. Uh, and then I usually post the show notes and the episode on Patreon, so you have early access to them if, if that's your sort of thing, or you can have the show notes to follow along with the episode, and that's always kind of fun. We link, we usually link the card images and that sort of thing, so it's usually pretty fun. We've gotten good feedback about doing that. And then um, you also get access, access to the PDH Pod Discord, where you can get in and chat with us, get help with your decks, just have kind of... Overall, good conversation there. It seems like uh, every couple of days the the Discord grows by a member or two. It's always a good time. So someone's always brewing something in there, and it's it's usually good conversation. So all hours of the night too. I think we have some international members in there, and that's always fun. 
And then, of course, we're the PDH Pod on YouTube as well. Check us out over there. And then check out the Saturday streams, the PDH streams on Twitch. You guessed it, we're the PDH Pod there as well. And I think that covers the housekeeping. What do we got for this week in Magic, Liam? Uh, this week in Magic, we have much of the machine spoilers, much of the machine commander spoilers, multiverse legend spoilers. Uh, but wait, that is this week's topic. So more on that in a second. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is Thembo Child. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Uh, for those of you who watched the D and D movie in the last week and a half, uh, oh, you will yeah, know yeah. about the big stupid uh, chubby dragon that's in the Undercity, the Underdark. Um that chased the party around and it was leaked today slash spoiled i don't know which um but it was revealed the today card in some image manner. makes it look like it was a leak yeah uh i don't, I don't know but either way at yeah. some at some point today uh in today being the, the recording date uh the bonus card for the D secret layer was spoiled to be the big stupid dirtly dragon from the movie he is which makes big me and stupid and dirtily so happy <laughs> makes me so happy um i was i was half afraid it was going to be the 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 evil witch and i was like yeah that seems too obvious it's gotta be the dragon right it's gotta be the dragon uh and it absolutely is the dragon and it makes me so happy so yeah 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 you were pretty happy about that i was surprised i saw you in the discord chatting it was- up yeah, I mean, I was joking. I was like, this almost makes me want to buy the secret layer, except the fact that I don't want any of the actual cards in the secret layer. Uh, so I will just be buying this single. Yep, I thought they, uh, I thought they had you. I thought they were going to get you on a secret layer purchase. Yeah, not this time. <laughs> not today. Try as they might. <laughs> right. Oh, they will try. Yeah, they're going to keep trying. Mm, cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. It is time for the main topic. I don't know about you two, but I know it hasn't been, but it feels like it has been forever since we got a new set. And I think that's just more or less conditioning now with the way Watsy releases product, but it feels like we've not done a set review in a long time. It it honestly. feels like it feels like it's been uh, a minute, but it feels like that should be the correct amount of time. Like yeah, it, it, I agree with you. It does feel like it's less frequent than it was happening, you know, at the end of last year. But also, like the end of last year was exhausting. And so I'm, oh, it was I'm, just nonstop. I'm delighted yeah. to now, have had this, that time off. This break since the last new set is this part of what that fireside chat they had, where they're like, "We're going to slow down product release, yada yada yada." Is this part um, of that, or is it just timing? I, I think it's just timing because any business decision they make is going to take two years to put into effect. Well, um, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and any card design decisions they make is going to take two years. Any business decision could have a turnaround time of as quick as six to 12 months because they could always say, like, hey, this thing we announced, we're pushing it back. I, it could be, but the Fireside chat was too recently for it to be making an impact on this set. Honestly, I'm pretty hyped about it, and it seems to be pretty, uh, pretty good, pretty powerful. So from all, all rarity levels, but we only care about the commons and uncommons. And Watsi listened to our request. They uh, they called me personally and said, "Hey, do you want all the all the common? Do you want them dumped before you record on Wednesday?" And I said, "Yeah, duh, let's do that." So they went ahead, and the uh, full image gallery dropped today. So um, they are fresh off the digital presses. What were you gonna say? If it if it makes you and Dave feel better, the last set review we did was episode thirty four for All Will Be One, which was nine episodes ago. So it has been a minute. Yes, 
And the cool, cool, cool. next one looks to be Lord of the Rings on in June, which will be yeah, 10 episodes from late now. June. Yeah. Or I guess mid to late June with the actual set review. But yeah, there are... Um, I feel like there's a ton of playable cards in here. A lot of, at least on first blush, a lot of good cards in here. I know I, I follow a lot of 60-card popper players on Twitter and... Many of them were kind of down on this set because they didn't get "quote unquote" you know new cards for Popper yada yada yada. But I, I feel like we got a lot of very good usable cards in this set. What do you think, Dave? I think this set is kind of nuts. Like it really. We is. had we had some time off in one. Uh, the mm -hmm. the Phyrexia all will be one had like a lot of very parasitic mechanics that like seemed like they would be really fun and limited, and they were. I I enjoyed one's limited environment pretty pretty well but like we, we had so many like oil counter cards and so many you know like toxic is only really good in a toxic deck things that like right the cards that came out in that like i didn't have to make huge crazy piles of updates to my decks like i'm i just uh, this morning i was looking through the mom spoilers and i was like i am in for a whirlwind like I, I'm not yeah, gonna. Yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot of cards here to update your almost hundred decks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna lose a lot of sleep getting that done. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some hundred decks treating you now. Oh, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Mistakes oh, have been awesome. made. <laughs> yeah. Right. The wizards, of course. I take no responsibility for this. <laughs> right. Right, they've made too many fun commanders. Exactly, it's that's not your fault. Like, see, you get me. Like, yeah, I don't. You get it. You get it. I, I, I don't have enough skills of self-reflection to be able to like, not blame this on someone else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's you can you can always find a scapegoat. You can that's always. Right. We have blame microphones, it damn it. We can blame whoever we want. That's correct. Exactly. If if get listen to the people. If Gavin wants to fight me about this, he can just come on the show and and we can we can discuss it <laughs> then. But until I think it's as easy as that. I think you just get him on the show until, and have it out. Until Gavin shows up, then it's his fault. Yeah, it's our show. Those are the rules. <laughs> Them's the rules of podcasting, bro. Well, cool. I think we uh, should just move right into the some new fun cards. We're not going to do an entire set review. We're not going to go over every single uncommon creature and every single common. But we did make uh, individual lists of things that we're going to play with, brew around, add to existing decks, that sort of thing. It looks like we got about 42 brand new uncommon creatures to play with. The majority of them, like Dave mentioned, the, the oil counters and whatnot, um, the majority of them are going to care about set specific mechanics, so probably not very playable in our format. But, you know, you never know. You may find something for them. Or if they print battle cards in the future at common, they may actually pop up again and you can use them. But for the most part, uh, all three of us picked about five commanders to go over and then a handful of commons that we want to talk about. And then um, we got a handful of reprints at Common. None of them we're really going to talk too much about. They just all have really sweet art. The Gainlands art, the new art on the Gainlands, I should say, is excellent. It looks really, really good. And uh, in the Commander sets, it looks like we got a... As of recording, we don't have... Or Scryfall, anyway, doesn't have all the images for the Commander sets. But um, Liam, I don't think I've seen it yet. You said we got new art for Cloud of Fairies and Distant Melody? Yep. It's it's not currently in Scryfall, so I can't uh, link it into the show notes, but they do have new artwork. Uh, if you're a Patreon, you would have noticed in our preview channel earlier when I dropped it. 
okay, yep, I think I scrolled past it or I saw like, yeah, I saw the notification that you posted and I forgot to look at it. I'm pretty pretty excited about a new Distant Melody. That's pretty cool. So yeah, and then um, we got a bunch of reprinted commanders with sweet treatments, sweet showcase art, uh, new art, new flavor text in the Multiverse Legends bonus sheet, which should be showing up in just about every single pack that they sell. So look for those two if you've already got a deck built around, I don't know, Finn. You know, Finn got a really cool new treatment, new art this this time around. So look out for the stuff like that. But outside of that, I think we just need to hop into some new cards. What do you think? I'm ready for some new cards. Okay. All right. Who wants to start? Should I start? I'm, 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 I'm on the left here from left to right. Should I go first? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. My commanders, we're going we're to start with the commanders. Mine are not in any sort of particular order. They're just sort of like how they popped out to me when I was perusing them on Skyfall. You, but my first one here is... Do you is, want to do all five of yours and then all five of someone else's, or do you want to rotate through? Uh, let's rotate. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, let's do that. I'll Continue. do one, you do one, Liam. Yeah. We'll, sn we'll snake through the list. How about that? Mm -hmm. Well, my first one is a mono black rat samurai for three and a black. It's a 3-3 three, three Nazumi freewheeler. It has Menace, and when Nazumi Freewheeler enters the battlefield, each player mills three cards. And I actually said Mono Black earlier. It is an Orzhov commander because it has uh, activated the ability of five and a white Phyrexian mana. You can transform the Freewheeler only as a sorcery. And on the backside, it is a 4-5 with Menace that says, when this creature transforms into Hideous Fleshwheeler, put target permanent card with mana value two or less from a graveyard onto the battlefield, under your control. I've been in love with this card since the second I saw it. I think it was yesterday or the day before. And it just, it was one of those that I read at first. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's a Hero of the Dunes type thing. Or, you know, but it only hits two mana things. And the more I read it, it kept getting better and better. It's, you know, it's target permanent. So if you want to get lands, that's fine. If you want to get anything up to two mana, that's fine. And it's from a graveyard, not just your graveyard. So I think that is... I th that is very intriguing, especially when it's in white and black. Those those colors have a lot of removal, have a lot of mill. So more than likely, your opponent's graveyards are going to be full of goodies as well. So I'm so, a huge fan of this one. What's that? So this is an Orzhov Flicker deck or an Orzhov Kill Your Own Commander deck? Is that what I'm I, understanding? Because the ability only triggers when it transforms. When it so transforms. You, so yeah, you're going to have to maybe build in some sacrifice. You can do the Grave Flicker shenanigan. Yeah. And it is expensive. I mean, it's at least five mana and two life to to transform. So it's or, not going to happen just, all the time. Or just six mana. But, or just six mana. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. uh, I think that like the first one or two times you do this, you're just targeting uh, a Capenna Sackland or a E wilds yeah mm -hmm. and just yeah hitting those land drops so that you can do it more often later um yep. the big question about this guy that i have brad is yeah what's your plan for covering up the art on the back <laughs> i have no plan You're... i'm gonna oh no blow it up and look at it all the time oh no it's a phyrexian rat let's see on the front side it's it a is phyrexian a rat motorcycle yeah, <laughs> with goofy tentacle arms. I know, and it's amazing. It's like Eldritch Horror Phyrexian oh, craziness. I, hate I love it, it. You know, so much. You know those those tentacle arms. Those those aren't uh, uh, little suckers. The, the no. teeth. 
Those are oh dentines. my god those are teeth. Okay, teeth, we're talking Dave teeth. We're talking about something else now. I am <laughs> right. here to tell what you, you <laughs> about my my favorite commander from this set is called Xerix Strobe Knight. This is a mono blue three mana two two human knight with flying and vigilance, which already not bad. We're we're better okay. than Windrake already. Yep. He has this bizarre ability that nothing else is quite like this. You can tap it to create a 2-2 white and blue knight creature token with vigilance, which is pretty crazy. You just tap this guy crazy. to make a body. like, And it's not a small body. 2-2 with vigilance. That's a chunk. The catch is you can only activate this ability if you've cast two or more spells this turn. Mm-hmm. What happens when one of those spells untaps a creature? What happens right. if both of those spells untap right. a creature? True. You can. Here's here's the plan. You cast. It doesn't say resolve. You cast. Oh my. God. Yeah, it's on you cast. Cast. Yeah. You cast twiddle. You hold priority. You respond to your own twiddle with twitch. Both yep. targeting mm-hmm. the strobe knight. With you, you hold priority again. With both of those spells on the stack, you tap this guy to make a knight. Twitch resolves, untaps him, you draw a card. Tap him to make a knight. Twiddle resolves, untaps him. Tap him to make a knight. That's a lot of power on the board. That's a lot of power on the board. (laughs) In blue. In blue. I'm excited about this. So what's what's the plan after that? Just control Uh, magic and resurrecting spells? No. Sunken City and Mightstone. Sunken City and Mightstone, If I I play enough Twitches and Jolts. Fair enough. (laughs) I will eventually draw into Sunken City and or Mightstone. <laughs> Sky Shaper, that's the plan. Yep, Sky Shaper. I love me a good Sky Shaper turn. Yeah. Oh, all right, Liam, what's your first commander you're excited to build around? I'm actually equally excited about all of my commanders, and mm-hmm. there there are too many in this set that I want to build, so I just I picked a few of them. But but yeah, I'm I'm going to build the heck out of this set, that's for sure. Yeah. The first one that I've chosen is Kami of Whispered Hopes. So it's two to green for a 1 1. And it's a spirit. And it says, tap, add X mana of any one color where X is Kami of Whispered Hopes' power. For any EDH aficionados out there, that's a Gaio Sage, which is a Rayo. I, mm-hmm. uh, but the card, I prefer to think the, of the it as a Cradle Clue Cutter. But yeah, go ahead. Fair enough. But it doesn't stop there. It also has the ability if one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a permanent you control. That many plus one are put on that permanent instead. And that's a hardened scales. Yeah. Which it is, sure is also a rare. So they put the text of a rare enchantment and the text of a rare creature together yep. on an uncommon creature. Yep. On a granted, green. Granted, it's a one one, but this creature wants to be pumped up with counters because of its own ability to produce mana. Uh, and in addition, the counter addition ability doesn't say other permanent. Putting a plus Mm-mm. one plus one counter on the Kami will result in two plus one plus one counters. Being put right, on the Kami. exactly. This is going to get out of hand quickly. And this excites me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I am I, too. And it's, it's a spirit. A, like how many mono green spirits do we have? That's uh, yeah, so cool. Right. But but for, for our patrons who, who get the uh, pre-show will know that I am in love with Voltron strategies, uh, which tend to go down one of two routes. Equipment <laughs> or plus one, plus one counters. Yep. 
nothing will get me to build a commando faster than if it says one of those two things on it. If you just dump um, counters on it. So my commander wanted me to dump counters on it. This is this is looking like it's going to resurrect my old uh, Mowu deck. I, I had Mowu built for a while and I took it apart because it was so centered on Mowu. Yeah. But the, mm. the Kami feels like I'll be able to build up the Kami and then I can build up something else. And I'm kind of excited for that. So yeah. I'm... Yeah, I'm excited for you. I, we don't often get to hear you super excited about a particular commander, so it should be yes. fun. I this this one looks interesting. I read this card and I loved it. The only reason that I'm not like as thrilled as Liam is about it right now is that within the last like five months, I have built Cradle Clear Cutter, which also <laughs> yeah. taps to add its mana. That that's so. Liam just said he loves. Voltron that either does plus one plus one counters or equipment. Cradle Clear Cutter is this deck with equipment. Like you just put axes yeah. on him and then tap him for yeah. mana. And then uh, I built Pure Strain Gene Stealer as my green Warhammer 40k deck, which is also big mana plus one plus one counters proliferate synergies. Mm. Nice. Like he doesn't he doesn't tap to add mana, but he every time he attacks you pull a plus one plus one counter off him the land fetch. Yeah. And oh. so he he just does that forever and also turns into a big mana plus one plus one counters stompy deck. So like I already have both halves of this and I <laughs> I don't need to mash those together into a third one. But I am really yeah, excited absolutely. about like what this what this card's gonna do. Yeah, um, I don't same here. I don't know that I'll build it, but I can't wait to see it on the table exactly. on the battlefield. I wanna play against Liam's. Yeah, exactly. All right, I guess we're back around to me. Well, if you have been on social media at all, you have probably already well familiar with this next card, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. It is Kenra Spellspear. For one in red, you get a 2-2 Jackal Warrior with Trample and Prowess. It's fine, 2-2 Trample, Prowess. But it also transforms for three and a Phyrexian Blue. You get a Phyrexian Jackal named Gitaxian Spellstalker, which is a 3-3 with Trample, Ward 2, Prowess, and Prowess. You said Prowess twice. Yeah, it's printed twice on the card. <gasps> I think it was an error, but it just kind of went out like that, so they're, they're rolling with it. No, it says each, entrance, each instance of Prowess triggers separately. That is... This is going to get nutty. I mean, I know we just got Third Path, Iconoclast... And we got some decent is it commanders out of Dominaria, Brothers War, that sort of thing. But this one, Iconoclast may still be better, but this one just hits a little bit different for me. It's, it's got my fa one of my favorite keywords on there, and it's got it twice. So that's amazing. It's got Ward Two, which eventually, you know, by t the later turns, Ward Two is not that big of a deal. You know, you're, you just tap your Sisse's Ring or whatever, and that pays for the ward. You're, you're expecting games with this commander to get to the later turns well <laughs> yeah that's a very good point do, do, do we know do we know what assault strobe does yeah it does give <laughs> double strike and and wow. plus two plus two and the thing already tramples not so a bad way to spend one mana two, four five six double strike nine double strike with trample okay cool yeah no big that deal. seems good that's fine <laughs> and it to get that you need two five total mana and a Phyrexian or another blue. So five or six mana. <laughs> What's hilarious to me is how overcosted some of these transform cards feel 
and how undercosted this one's feeling. Yeah, this one, it's by a full two mana cheaper than the first one I mentioned. Yeah, like like some That's insane. Some, some of these cards, the, the the commons and the uncommons, are three to five mana to cast, four to seven mana to flip, and this one's just like, oh yeah, we 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 cast for two and flip for four. It's like what? Mm-hmm. With trample wood two and double prowess, you flip for four. That's it. Like yeah. I would I would happily pay six mana for an uncommon creature that just said three three trample wood two prowess prowess. I was just thinking that same thing. If this was a, <laughs> its own creature all on its own, I would expect that to cost at least five mana. Six, yeah. probably. Yeah. <laughs> but no, we get it for four. Three if you want to pay two life. Uh, so that's wild. So expect that to be in a lot. I, w- I would say this is going to be one of the more brood around commanders. This will be one of the ones you see more often right after the set releases. So just uh, just be prepared for it. But should be fun. I don't know if it'll replace my Iconoclast deck. I just love what Iconoclast does, but man, Prowess Prowess is something to be reckoned with, I think. And that's all. That's all I got on the Spell Spear. What do you got, Dave? My next card is something that I'm excited about mechanically. This Mm -hmm. is called Furnace Gremlin. This is a... Great name. Two-mana, mono-red, one-two Phyrexian Gremlin with, honestly, outstanding art. I talk... I complain a lot about how much I hate Phyrexian aesthetic. That... That hatred ends abruptly at the Great Furnace. I love Urabrask's entire deal. Um, yeah. So Furnace it's Gremlin, very, like it's not straight up Phyrexian. It's all it's like demonic Phyrexians. Yeah. They're very metal. They're very heavy metal. It's it's it feels like from from that first Thor movie there was that like the villain was like the the Devastator or something some like lots of banded strips of metal <laughs> with like an obvious furnace on the inside like yeah. I love that yeah, yeah. aesthetic. And that's what this destroyer, sure. Yeah. So this two mana one, two has two abilities. First ability is bad fire breathing. You can spend one and a red to give it plus one plus so until end of turn. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second ability, when it dies, incubate X, where X is its power. Uh, We should talk about. We have not had incubate yet. We need to talk about incubate. Incubate is an ability that comes up on a lot of different cards in the set. Incubate X means or incubate any number means that you are going to create an artifact token with that many plus one plus one counters on it so incubate three creates a zero, artifact zero artifact token yep. no it's not a zero zero because it's it's not a creature at all oh just an artifact yeah, yeah, yeah yep with three plus one plus one counters on it and it has the ability for two mana you can transform it into a zero zero there we go. And it keeps those counters. So mm-hmm. uh, you get artifacts that you can, you know, if you have artifact synergy, sub-theme, whatever, you can sacrifice the artifacts, do whatever you want. If you're doing a creature go wide deck, you can flip them into creatures for an extra two mana and get an army. If you're proliferating, you can give them lots of counters. This guy... And this isn't like... I've seen a couple of people mention it. This is not like a mass where all your tokens have to go on that amass zombie. Right. Like you can have multiple... Yeah, whatever incubator tokens. If you incubate a bunch of different times, each of those creates a different token yeah. copy. So, some of you may already know I am an enthusiastic fan of what I call axe tribal decks. These are decks that are just about putting axes on creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like I, you know, I have the cradle clear cutter I mentioned is axe tribal. Uh, you just give give. Hand you hand axes to the lumberjack, and then you get absurd amounts of mana. 
Uh, and this a, gremlin looks like he could hold at least three. He's got three arms and what is probably a prehensile tail. So I think there he's best with three, possibly four axes. That works. Which includes things like Volshock Gauntlets for plus four, <laughs> plus two, or Volshock Morningstar for plus two, plus two, or Granite Grip. Granite Grip is an honorary axe for plus x plus o where x is the number of mountains you control i just feel like i just feel like it's effortless to make this guy into like an eight power creature oh easy and then you swing it you swing with him and like you don't care that he dies someone's like i block it with Mm. my death toucher and you're like cool (laughs) cool great i get a gigantic creature thanks man i'll recast him for four (laughs) let me just get you just give me an eight eight artifact creature thanks like give me give me another turn to put all these axes back on him but (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) right like this one seems yeah. fun. I, I it does. It seems super fun. I just now looked up the the art on the Phyrexian Incubator token, and uh, unsurprisingly, I think it's terrible and I hate it. So, uh, <laughs> about two minutes ago, I made the executive decision that if I build this deck, I'm going to use, I'm just going to buy a bunch of like really cheap Pokemon cards, and I'm going to put mm-hmm. like, execute, no, not execute. What's the the, the egg? What's the egg Pokemon? It's just a bunch of eggs in a pile. Oh, um, gosh. I think it's Execute. It is Execute, yeah. Execute's the baby one that's just a bunch of eggs yeah, in a pile. And executor then, is the tree. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put Alolan Executors into the into the other side of the sleeve so I can flip it over yes. to an Alolan Executor, and then it's, and then <laughs> oh, it's big. Yes. Nice. Good call. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's my plan. I like it. That sounds like a good plan. You are a fan of your axes. I do love axes, and so does... They are hilarious and absurdly powerful sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Liam, what's your next commander? Uh, well, I want to go a little bit out of order, because both of you sure. just talked about a mono-red commander, so I'm going to talk about a mono-red commander. Rocket Raccoon has grabbed my attention. Uh, and for those of you who have been following spoilers, you know exactly who I'm talking about. For those of you who have not followed spoilers, uh, this card is actually called Scrappy Bruiser. For three and red, you get a three-four Raccoon Warrior, and whenever Scrappy Bruiser attacks, up to one target attacking creature gets plus two plus zero, gains Trample, and then you return that creature to its owner's hand at the end of combat. This commander has me interested in building, kind of just like modern red ETB. Where yeah. you get all all the effects, that, like say you gain the initiative, you gain the monarch, you get to cascade. Like, yeah, I mean, just attacking, hitting you for six to eight damage with a trampler that probably doesn't die, and then returning it to my hand at the end of the combat to later play in main phase two. <laughs> yeah, not not at the end of turn, at the end of combat to get to play that thing again at the end of main phase two and build up my board, like especially the cascade. Getting to build up my board in main phase two after I attack, and getting one maybe two blockers out. Oh, it. Yeah, main phase one boarding party, main phase two boarding party. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am very much looking forward to to building this and and figuring out the little niches that need to be figured out. Yeah, it's got a lot of stuff going on for it, which I think is nice. It, it gives a creature plus two plus zero and trample. It cares about i don't know if it specifically cares about but it works well with etb abilities like yeah there's just a lot going on here and i think that's going to make for a fun commander i i think it'll be really fun because this I'm could excited. end up being one of those that no two people build it the same 
You know yes. what I mean? It's not, it doesn't seem as linear as a lot of like monocolored commanders do. It, not only could it be one of those where no two people build the same, it could be one of those commanders where you take two two people who built this, put the deck side by side, and the only thing identical is the commander and the basic mountain. Right. Like the other ninety something cards could be entirely different between two decks of this, and and that's what excites me. Yep. I like the raccoon guy. I think he's going to be very fun. Yeah, I sort of glazed over him at first, but I, I think you both have sold me on it. I don't know why I'm selling you on it. I'm the one building it. <laughs> Touche. I've, Touché. Touché. I've claimed it, Brad. You can't have it. Oh, that's right. It's mine. Damn it. Damn it. I forgot that that was the deal. That's how this works. <laughs> All right. My next one. Hey, look at that. It's another mono red commander. It is Axgard Artisan, a dwarf artificer for a generic and a red. It's a 2-1. And whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on Axgard Artisan for the first time each turn, create a treasure token. Whew. So this seems a little more linear than the uh, the raccoon, and the for the first time each turn is not ideal. But I think there's some room here to wiggle. I think there's some some stuff here that can be that can be done to have fun. I literally have not brewed, even mentally brewed a deck for this, so I'm not sure what sort of plus one plus one counter options we even have in mono red slash artifacts i know there's like armory of iroas and there's weapons rack that sort of thing but i don't know some some metalcraft synergies some affinity synergies all that kind of good stuff so it, it would probably end up being one of those that i built and played once or twice i think dave mentioned this sort of deck a few episodes ago where you you played a couple times you're like oh i i guess this is all it really does so i'm done playing this deck <laughs> but i think those one or two games are going to be super fun so i'm kind of excited to build this one what do you think dave do you like treasures and counters and mono red i like reckless fireweaver and ingenious artillerist yeah mm -hmm. uh yeah i do i love i love red artifact decks I think, yeah i do I too this I is do gonna too. be a good one of those because there's a lot of like very unassuming cards like Ecologist Terrarium that I think are yeah, going like, to uh -huh. do work for you here. And yep, like that, that does major work in Herd Bailoff. I love it. Yeah. That that the Terrarium is going to trigger your Fireweaver and then it's going to put a counter on this, which is going to make a treasure, which is going to trigger your Fireweaver. And then like that's just going to deal enough damage that you can makeshift munitions everyone to death. <laughs> One hopes. Yeah. Yeah, even if you yeah, just save the treasure tokens for your munitions or whatever. Or save them for a fireball. A huge Mo fireball. Mono red do be doing that damage. <laughs> Mono red do be liking the fireballs. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know we gotta go super deep dive on the artisan, but I thought he was interesting. I'm not super I'm not usually drawn to I don't know basic mono red commanders, but this one seems like it's it's got some room to, to, to play around with. All right, Dave. What do you got for us? Oh, it's back around to me already. Oh, uh, no. yeah, we're still talking about red. Red. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that a set built around a multi-universal, multi multiverse war has a lot of red in it. So Tor torment was all black cards. March of Machines yeah, is all red. People. All red cards. There's a lot of angry people. Yep. Uh, the, I I'm I'm excited to tell you about. Uh, so I have I have a list of like five five. Uh, Five commanders I'm excited about. This is the first and the only one on my list that is a signpost uncommon. We are mm. talking right now about Stormclaw Rager, which is 
not not mono red. It is red. It's Rakdos colored. It is three mana, uh, one a black and a red, for a two-two ogre warrior, who aesthetically looks like they are from, uh, Tarkir, part of the um, Coligans mm, crew. Okay. Um, formerly the Mardu. They have one ability. It is for one mana. Sacrifice another creature or artifact. Put a plus one plus one counter on the rager and draw a card. Activate only as a sorcery. So, uh, speaking of makeshift munitions, yeah, for sure. This is uh, vaguely sort of similar. We're gonna be we're gonna pay mana. We're gonna sacrifice artifacts and creatures, and we're just gonna get this stormclaw rager really, really aggressively big, and we're gonna draw cards for doing it, which yeah. is pretty great. Seems like a good deal. It does seem like a good deal. I think. This was one. I think this one ticks a lot of boxes for a lot of people because I got tagged on Twitter by two different people that I don't normally interact with as far as Popper Commander goes, but they both wanted to talk about this card in in specific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who who would have thunk that sacrificing creatures, making one gigantic creature, and drawing cards was uh, popular? Huh. Yeah, this is. It reminds me. There's a squirrel that did something similar. From uh, Ravenous Squirrel. Yeah. Ravenous Squirrel from MH2. Yeah, mm-hmm. it that one costs a lot more mana to sacrifice the thing. I think. I think it's just two. Is it? I thought it was. Th- uh, let me see. Uh, three. It's one black and a green. Oh, is it three? Jeez. But you draw a card and gain a life, and you can sacrifice an artifact or a creature. Yeah, same same as the storm. Oh yeah, storm yeah it's worded that I'd, way. Creature. I'd creature rather have artifact. the. Yeah. I'd rather have the counter than the life. And the the squirrel, the squirrel gets the counter as well. Two and additional mana. The squirrel, you could do at instant speed for what it's worth. Yeah. Fair. Oh, the no, squirrel think... has another ability that gives it counters. Okay. Yeah. The yeah, squirrel yeah, yeah. also mm-hmm. gets the counter, draws a card. So it's you're paying extra mana for instant speed and for to gain a life. And it's uh, the squirrel's black green. The orc is black red. But yeah. I think I think they're very similar. I think they're both very powerful mm-hmm. uh, Voltron decks that can go big. Yep. Now, see, my my jank butt read this, and it's in Rakdos, and I get to sacrifice creatures to draw cards. I just want to steal people's stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to threaten tribal again and watch it collapse. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to do it. That's how I built my Yuri deck. Steals things. Yep, love it. All right, that's the Rager. What do you got, Liam? Uh, I am stepping outside of red. and Illegal. Building... <laughs> Can't yeah. do it. I'm stepping... Uh... I'm building on Dave's uh, black red with black and blue for Halo Forager. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one blue and a black for a 3-1 fairy rogue with flying. And when it enters the battlefield, you may pay X. When you do, you may cast target instant or sorcery card with mana value X. Not X or less, just the exact. Mm-hmm. From a graveyard without paying its mana cost. If that's what would be put into a graveyard, exile it instead. So, Halo Forge or ETBs, you get to flashback an instant of sorcery from anyone's graveyard. Yeah, from a graveyard. Yeah. I am so pumped to build this. Yeah, and it doesn't say, I, you know, when it enters the battlefield, if you cast it. Yeah. It's just a it's, flicker target. Yeah. It's just a flicker target. It, I, I am, this, is, this is my style of flicker deck. So, I am definitely building this. And I know when it was spoiled, it got a lot of, it got a lot of, uh, attention immediately mm-hmm. like everyone was like oh my gosh what is this right um and to and to 
boot with the fact it has amazing artwork. Yeah, it's gonna yeah, that is the, amazing. The artist the artist uh Kevin Siddhartha is is actually new to magic with much machines. They have five cards. Yep. Uh one of which we'll get to a little bit later. But like this art is amazing on this card and you know, I'll I'll stop gushing about the art. The effect is what I'm here for. Uh and it's a good yeah, effect. I'm, I'm and it's a excited. fairy rogue, like it's just it kind of ticks every box. Oh yeah. It's got my you know, and be, sure. And because it says a graveyard and then you basically exile it after you cast it it's like not a stretch to say it's also kind of graveyard hate in a way like if sure. you don't want uh, yeah. to get I mean, that if, get that flashback can... spell back or whatever yeah i mean if they're going to try and flashback or they're going to try and return something to their hand or whatever instant speed flicker yeah flicker right. your creature cast their spell exile it like that's that's a heck of a graveyard i mean it's it it costs you some mana but that's heck of yeah that is some graveyard removal right there. Oh, that's what you were going to go after? What if I cast it instead? <laughs> what if it's me? It might cost now? me five or six mana, but what if I did it instead? How would that make yeah. you feel? What what I like about that is that like it's very difficult for people to Uno reverse you on that. Like if you cast the Halo Forager, you don't have to announce the target as Halo Forager yeah. enters the battlefield. Like it's gonna ETB and then the thing that triggers when it ETBs is you may pay X. Yep. Yeah. And then if you pay three, and... no, I get no. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, so there's a there's a second trigger in there. So when you pay three, then you target the card, and people can respond yeah. to that second trigger. Okay, okay, it's two triggers. Correct. I thought it was just when you do, you can cast an instant of sorcery, and like you didn't have to name the target until it was too late to stop it. But I was wrong. Yeah, no, no. It it does require a target, which kind of sucks because. Like, if, if I pay, like, X is 5, and the thing I target gets removed, I'd like to be able to target the other 5-minute instant of sorcery. Yeah, um, yeah. But more than likely, probably targeting X is 2, X is 3. This deck will probably get built, built I don't know about competitively, but it'll be tuned. Um, infinite mana combos with this. This is its own sure. Chaomancer, kind of, sort of. I mean, it exiles the spell, but you can go large if you have enough of these effects in your graveyard. Shit, uh, we just got Snapcaster Mage. Yeah, get a, get a couple of ETB <laughs> effects. You know, get a couple of, of of that jazz. I mean, shoot, even just double casting High Tide in a ton seems pretty good. Yeah. Um, so I, I you know, like nice siphon mind. Let me cast it now. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, I I am excited to see what people do with this and and where I possibly go with it. I do think though, kind of like what what you touched on. This card definitely blew Twitter up for a little while within the PDH, PDH community, but I think the the X part of the uh, effect kind of went blindly went past people because they were so enamored with the rest of the card and everything else it does. Like that X is really going to rack up after a while. Like yeah. eventually, there just may not be targets that are less than six or seven, eight mana or whatever. You know, just expensive targets. So I, I imagine about. you're probably always targeting a two or three mana spell with this. I yeah. Don't really... There's not a lot of instances and sorceries in the format that go past four or five mana. Right. I'm just thinking about like pet cards or something. Yeah, Yeah, like I'm thinking about what like I personally run. Like the the six plus mana slot is usually reserved for creatures. You know, and by paying you know, by paying X, you you don't you don't get your opponent's treasure cruise for one mana. Like it's gonna cost you eight. (laughs) Yeah. Good good card either way. You don't don't get to 
flashback the gush for zero mana and two islands. You can... <laughs> just five. Dang. It's it's still five. Yep. Yeah. Dang. All right, Halo Forager seems good. All right, what do I got next here? Ooh, I'm switching over to Mono Green for. Uh, I guess I guess technically Simic for this commander. It is Notvold Hermit for three generic and a green. It's a four four troll, which is pretty awesome right there. No, no real abilities other than you can transform it for five generic and a blue Phyrexian. You can transform it into Chrome Host Chrome Host Hulk. It is a Phyrexian troll. It's a five five, and whenever Chrome Host Hulk attacks. Up to one other target creature has base power and toughness 5-5 until end of turn. That's it. There's nothing fancy about it, but it is a um, mono green splashing blue commander that that wants to be kind of just this big stompy deck. And I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm cool with beating face with big big green creatures. And that's 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 it. That's all I got. It's nothing, there's nothing fancy about it. Unless I'm missing something here. What do you think, Dave? I think it's really fun. I think... I think this set in particular has enough plus one plus one counter things to just make it thick. Like yeah, like when and you it's in blue, so if you had to make it unblockable, we definitely have instant speed. You know, unblockable spells. Yeah, so. I'm I'm just imagining like you know you you incubate for like four or whatever, and you have a four four, that is actually a zero zero with four counters, mm-hmm. and then you swing with this guy, and now you're four fours and nine nine <laughs> like no, it's a nine nine i want to do that and, and like your, your ability this, this so i'm going to call back to something that was said a while ago when derek was on shivam's youtube thing they mm-hmm. were talking about the idea of one of the big appeals of pdh is you know when you draft a really good deck that utilizes a really powerful like uncommon signpost yep. you can just transform that into a pdh deck like that's that's where my mind is going with this card. Like, I want to, in drafts and limited, I want to use this guy to turn my 0-0 creatures with a bunch of counters on them into 5-5s five with counters on them and just swing right. for massive, crazy damage. And, like, that's what I want to do in limited for March of the Machines with this guy. And then I want to just do that in a PDH game as well. Like, find how many cards are out there in the, in, in all of Magic's history that are 0-0s with counters and not... Like, Cytospawn Shambler? is a seven yeah. mana zero zero that comes in with six counters and it has right. graft and it can give things that have counters on them trample. Like I want Cytus yeah. Shambler to just casually be an 11, 11, <laughs> you know, and this is the color of green pump and blue evasion. So yeah. you're going to be beating a lot of face and you have proliferate in both of those colors. Yeah. I think oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I think, I think this guy is like a counters deck is going to be really fun. Yeah, that should be. I, I can see that. Simic, Simic counters. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. All right. What do you got, Dave? I am going to break the rules. Wait a second. Those aren't creatures. They're not creatures at all. I <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, I didn't know this was allowed. So here's hey, the thing. When you're on the RC. Um, you do what you want. The, <laughs> the rules committee is unenforceable. No one's gonna Kool Aid man <laughs> into your wall if you break the rules. Which means I'm gonna break the rules. Uh, we need to talk about battles. Let's do it. Battles is a completely new card type in March of the Machines. Battles are they're 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 almost vaguely sort of enchantment like in that mm-hmm. they're, they're a permanent type. They come into play. They uh they almost the, the battles that we have right now have some sort of enters the battlefield effect. 
So they're they're yeah. they're like a cross between sorceries in that you you cast them and something happens, and then they stick around, and instead of providing a continuous effect like most enchantments do, the battles that we have are attackable. They have a little icon in the bottom corner that that is like their their life or their loyalty or their I don't know what the actual word is defense. Def- defense counters. Defense, defense counters. counters. They come in with a number of defense counters. And then when you cast it, you you essentially give it to an opponent to defend, and then you can either attack that depo- that opponent or you can attack the battle. Any uh, damage like a planeswalker. I I would like to clarify that. Ooh, yeah. So it, it comes in and you choose an opponent to protect it. Mm-hmm. Protecting it is a flag. You actually still control it. Yeah, yeah. You control the battle. Yeah, so, but so someone else is defending and, it. Yeah, so you and opponents not protecting it can attack the battle. Yes. The right. opponent that protects it cannot attack it, but they can use their creatures to defend it. Yes. So you anyone, would, would... anyone, including the protector, can target it with spells. Yeah. Yeah. So you okay. you cast it. You you give it to an opponent to 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 defend to protect. Um, and then you can attack it. It's sort of like a planeswalker. And when you're declaring your attacks, you can you can send your creatures at the opponent or at the battle. Um, yeah. Any any damage you deal to the battle with attacking creatures or with spells will reduce its defense counters. And then when its defense counters go to zero, you get to cast the backside of the battle. All the battles are double faced cards. Yeah, it flips like a saga. It flips. Like a saga? Like it some of those flips... sagas we had. Oh, the like the Kamigawa sagas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It so looks I was, like I was, a TDFC. I was like thinking it. of the 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 other sagas, like the original sagas. Like, a bunch of those don't flip. What's going on? They just <laughs> You haven't been playing themselves. them right, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it, it flips into a different card. Some of them flip into artifacts or sorceries or whatever. Yeah. A lot of them flip into creatures, which is why I feel less bad about breaking the rules like a cheating cheater and Uh trying to build a pdh deck with a battle as a commander we don't have any battles at common so you can't put them into the 99 but there are a couple that i think would make really interesting commanders i'm gonna start with a. see i don't even think it's that bad of a rule zero because it's not giving you an advantage you still have to take your resources and Mm -hmm. attack this battle yeah as opposed to attacking your opponent yeah yeah and i got it's this will be my you know fifth sixth illegal deck that uses an illegal <laughs> commander that's not a creature like i'm not i'm not worried about it i think that it is extremely balanced like I, i'm not building yeah, these because sure. i think they're gonna break anything i'm just building them because they're they're fun i think they're cute mm-hmm. so the first one I, i'm going to talk about two two uh battles as commanders in today's episode the first one i want to talk about is very like i i this word gets used is a derogatory a lot but i mean this as high praise it's very basic it's very simple it's the kind of thing that you want to put into a command zone and then utilize the first one i'm going to talk about is called invasion of dominaria this is a uh for two colorless and one white you get this mono white battle it's enter the battlefield ability is that you gain four life and draw a card uh so we have card draw in mono white which you know honestly you can ask any pal they'll tell you white has too much card draw uh busted so busted (laughs) and then uh the battle sticks around and has five defense counters so you're going to give it to an opponent and then you're going to attack it 
and try to get through. And once you've dealt five damage to this battle, it, it doesn't just transform. It's like you, you get to cast it. So you get to cast for free a 4-4 Vigilant Flyer. Yep. Which is uh, a callback to Sarah Angel from yep. Alpha. Uh, Sarah Angel has been one of my favorite cards. This, this is something that I, I have in common with Brownie. Sarah Angel is one of my favorite cards. It's extremely nostalgic for me. I, I have a lot of oh, very fond yeah, memories of 100%. Sarah Angeling and Shivan Dragoning in the mid-90s. Uh, yep. And, like, honestly, like, this... As a as a commander, this doesn't give you a lot of direction. Like, you, you cast it and draw a card. That's good. And then it's a four four flying vigilant. Like, there's not, it's not telling you what other cards you should be playing in the deck. It's not like giving you some bonus for counters or giving you some bonus for doing something else. It's just very streamlined, very basic. Right. I like it because of the nostalgia. I like it because it's a very simple battle that seems like a cool card type to play with. And I like it because the flavor text is a callback to that nostalgia that I feel about Sarah. It Angel. really is. That uh, was a good job. Yeah. She says, I was, I was there when Phyrexia doomed Sarah's realm with a single touch. I was there when Yagamoth tried and failed to conquer Dominaria. And I will still be here when Elish Norn lies dead. Ah, oh, so good. The flavor text in this set is off the chain. So good. They did a terrific job with it. And for anyone interested, we do have 20 uncommon battles at various mono colors, colors, pairs, et cetera, et cetera. So there's plenty to brew here with if you want to you wanna get in a, a Rule Zero deck. Right. Write letters to your local rules committee members. Insist yep. <laughs> that they change the rules for you personally. Don't write letters for to you. me. I already know. <laughs> write letters to the rest already. of the IRC. Awesome. Well, that does sound like fun. Nice little throwback. Mono white, good times, good times. What, what do you think about battles as commanders? I love the idea. I was while you were sort of talking about your Sarah Angel. I was scrolling through the the options we have at, at Uncommon. So, what? yeah, I'm definitely going to build probably two of them. Obviously, an Orzov one, and then some some other one. <laughs> I don't know yet. Nice, nice. How does how does Liam yeah. feel about it? I haven't. I I like a lot of them. In terms of Rule Zero, my I'm I'm just going to stick with my usual stance of. I don't mind other people doing rule zero things. I tend to not just because my, it's just my personal play style. I tend to not do a lot of rule zero, mm -hmm. um, but I have absolutely no problem with people walking up and be like, Hey, do you mind if I play this battle as my commander? Hey, do you mind if I play this planeswalker? Like I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be cautious every time. And I'm be like, why do you want to do that? And if your answer is Dave's answer is like, I don't know, I just thought it'd be cool to play, you know, the Sarah Faithkeeper as uh, a Sarah Angel, but extra work. It's like, okay, sure. But if you're like, oh yeah, there's a super sick two-card combo that, you know, only works with this battle, like, I'm not so sure about that, right? So, you know, depending on intentions, I tend to be very open to the idea. It's a very long-winded way of saying, I will not build any of these, but I look forward to seeing what my co-hosts come up with. And come on, man, the only... Orzov battle we have at Uncommon flips into an equipment called the Holy Frazzle Cannon. <laughs> How can yeah. I not build that? <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, where are you at on your list, Liam? What do you got? Uh, my next one is Norn's Inquisitor. Uh, this is one in a white for a 1-1 Phyrexian Knight. 
when it comes to this artwork, I actually don't mind this artwork a ton. This one's pretty good. It turns out, it's, yeah, it's almost just like a pseudo armor. Still when, a little gross, when you, but it's it's mostly okay. When you take the um, gross fleshlessness of or Norn's whole aesthetic and cover that with uh, Innistrad Inquisitor gear, it's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. When it enters the battlefield, you incubate two. So you create your incubator token, you put two counters on it. And whenever a permanent you control transforms into a Phyrexian, put a plus one plus one counter on it. So basically when you transform your incubator tokens, they get an additional plus one plus one counter. This, uh, once again with a Flicker deck, I, I I don't have any active Flicker decks, like like true Flicker. Ethos mm-hmm. One Sphinx, if you listened last week, is technically my Flicker deck. <laughs> but that's that's a bounce and recast, right? I don't have any true, honest-to-goodness Flicker decks. And it looks like I'm going to be building at least two from this set. Because this fascinates me. Um, my my biggest problem... like I, I wanted to love a mass. My biggest problem with a mass was that it always built on the same token. Yes. And there were, plus, yep. there were plus sides to that. But to me, personally, that was a big downside. I wanted every time I amassed to make a new token. Incubate fixes that problem. I don't mind paying a little bit of extra mana to transform it, right? Because it, it, it means that my creatures get to dodge board wipes until I want them. Sure, yep. And it can lead to very swingy tones. And I'm just, I'm kind of digging the art a little bit, which is which is very strange because... That is strange for you. I don't like Phyrexian artwork, and I'm not the biggest fan of Innistrad. <laughs> so it's very, very strange. Like, like when I when I brought this to my playgroup, they looked at me and they're like, you're going to build the Innistrati Phyrexian? Are you feeling okay? <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, no, no, I get it. Like, it... It, but the effect is just too good. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to building this. Awesome. Yeah, seems good. I I actually my last one, my last commander on my list is also mono white that cares about uh, incubator tokens, and that is Tiller of Flesh. Mm. It's, it's a little it's grosser, good. a little more gross than the last artwork, but I still love it. It is three generic and a white for a 2-4, so not, not super easy to remove. Uh, also a Phyrexian Knight, and it says whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, incubate two. That's it. I, I love white decks that... Um, if I build this deck, it'll be... The spells that I cast will be targeting my own permanence because I love auras and white combat tricks and flicker and that sort of thing. So, oh, um, God, I didn't even think about auras. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, and obviously, oh, white God. white is excellent for removal too. So I'll, I'll cast some of that. But if you pacify your opponent's creature, you get to ink. Oh, what the hell? Yeah, you Here's... get a two-two. <laughs> well, you get a two-two for two mana. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, do you know about what? an aura called conviction? Yes, I I was going there next with conviction do, and all the ones that would turn themselves to your hand. Do, oh gosh! Do you know about yeah. a uh, an instant called change of heart or anoint? Yeah. yeah. Oh my lord! There's also like uh, oh, I guess that doesn't C- no, ces- never mind. cessation is cessation is a good one. The you have to wait for it to die before you get that one back. Brilliant Halo, I think, is the other one from that cycle. Oh, Brilliant yeah. Halo is so good. I love that card. Yeah, you can do you can do work with this. Yeah, I I think so. I was excited about now, this granted, ability. You got you do have to pay two for to transform every one of them, which is yeah. fair. But 
that I mean, may add still. up and may become a hindrance. But yeah, but still, this it, is, it could be very powerful. This is a good deck for um, Sisse's Ring and uh, Everflowing Chalice because Power uh, Stone proliferate. Yeah, proliferate. Mm-hmm. You can proliferate the tokens Heck on the yeah. eggs. I'm I'm looking forward to the release notes because I am very curious to see how summoning sickness interacts with incubator tokens. Because, because my curiosity, because they transform, they don't leave the battlefield, right? Because they're is... tokens. If they left the battlefield, they would both simultaneously lose their counters and <laughs> cease to exist, right? So they can't leave the battlefield to transform. So, but they're not creatures on the front side. So I'm curious if you flip it, does it have summoning sickness? No. Sorry, sorry. Let's say let's say you incubate and then three turns later, you flip it. Does no, it have summoning sickness or does no it not? summoning sickness? I don't. I don't think it does. But I want to wait for the release notes because they've I'm, never done this kind of thing with a token. I'm so would it have and summoning it, sickness the the turn you create if you created yes. it and flipped it in the same turn it would have summoning sickness. Yes, My, absolutely. We know we know that first. That's so okay. I'm okay. I'm one hundred percent confident that. It has summoning sickness the turn it comes into play, and then if you flip it on a later turn, it doesn't get summoning sickness again. Well, only creatures can have summoning sickness. But summoning sickness, I believe, tracks the permanent as a whole. That's why, like, mutate walks the way it does, and that's why okay. other yeah, yeah. transforming cards walk the way they do. Um, yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you somehow manage I'm... to give your artifacts a tap ability, then yeah, the, the, the untransformed egg would be able to tap on the Correct. turn that you make it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, mm. that's exactly So, so... I'm curious to see how something sickness interacts with this, how they write it. Because if it if it works out that it works out the way you want it to, where they don't have something sickness the tone you flip them, what you do with this deck is you just build up eight, nine, ten incubate tokens, you know, hold up all your mana one turn, you know, for interaction, whatever you need, get to your opponent's end step or whatever, or shoot, even on your turn, flip them all and swing. Like Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This these incubate commanders seem that's the plan uh, deceptively strong depending on how they some really do and with the incubator token you know and it's got a four butt that's not super easy to get rid of i'm damage wise i'm extremely confident that somebody sickness works like we want it to i mean there's i i am as well but i'm not willing to make something make a call on air without I'll, the release notes i'll make the call i'm not a judge RC's i got nothing got to use <laughs> the, the well, thing sweet. that the thing that irritates me the most about Norn's Inquisitor and Tiller of Flesh is that in yes. Mono White, we have exactly three proliferate cards. Or maybe it's, maybe it's four. Like, that is true. I want there to be like ten. Like yeah. We, we just yeah, yeah. had a proliferate set, and it gave us so much proliferate in blue and green. <laughs> we got yep. nothing. A little bit of black. black. We yeah. have like we, we have Wanderer's Strike and some kind of Martyr, and then like Unbound Potential. Unbound potential is what I was thinking. We just, I wish there was more in white. In white specifically. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, that's my last commander. Dave, you want to tell us about your last one, the next battle on your list? I have a second battle on the list, and uh, this one is dumb as heck. I want to tell you today about Invasion of Muraganda. The sorcery half of this the half that happens when you cast it is a five mana fight spell uh when it this is mono green four four and a green uh when it enters the battlefield you put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control then that creature fights 
a creature yep. you don't control. So it's mon mono green removal. That's fine. We like it's, mm -hmm. you know it's a, good. it's an out muscle or a struggle for Scamfar. Or there's there's a million of these plus one plus one counter and then fight spells. Usually it costs four yep. mana. So this extra mana gets you a battle with six defense points. And after you deal six damage to this five mana battle, it transforms into Primordial Plasm, which is a 4-4 four, four with only one ability. At the beginning of combat on your turn, another target creature gets plus two, plus two, and loses all abilities until end of turn. That is so subtly cool. It's so weird. Like, the reason that I was drawn to this is because I don't think there's anything else... There's there's very few other cards that let you play around with something losing its abilities temporarily. And that... Like, all the other cards that do that take away other things as well. Like, it loses all abilities and it can't attack or whatever. Yeah, right? and it's a 0-4 or and whatever. It's, yeah, it's 0-4. Like, they're all, like, very, like explicitly control cards this is yep. something that lets you take away some abilities for a little while and still make it big and still let it attack so i was yep. thinking what could i get up to what weird goofy shenanigans could i get up to by pairing this with all of the old you know 30 year old absolutely awful garbage tier cards that, <laughs> that that tried to be aggressively costed for their stat line and that was balanced by some drawback so stuff like carnivorous plant is a four mana four five wall yep this thing will take away defender and now you can attack with your oh my six, god seven. i didn't even think about that yeah like uh there's some sort the of defender is an ability. Carsey Car Archers is a five-two with defender and reach. Like you can just attack with your seven-four wall. <laughs> Things like Jackalope Herd yeah. is a four-mana four-five that has whenever you cast a spell, you have to return the Jackalope Herd to your hand. So if you only cast Not spells anymore. during combat or in your second main phase, like you can keep around your stupid Jackalope Herd. So like. Oh. This is this is my idea for the deck. Just I found I found every green common with a terrible drawback. <laughs> except <laughs> except the ones that like there's a bunch that have upkeep costs and I looked at those and was sad because this primordial yeah, yeah. plasma ability only triggers on combat. You can't on combat. Yeah. You can't dodge the upkeep costs. But like there's so many that just have stupid idiot drawbacks and you can like sort if if you spend five mana and then deal six damage to a battle, you can once per turn dodge the drawback on one of your terrible creatures. On one of your creatures, right? <laughs> like, that's the kind of magic that I want to be playing. <laughs> Excellent. I definitely look forward to to seeing that deck. We'll talk about it in a future three by three of just like, what if you made a deck out of exclusively terrible cards? <laughs> like, yep. Book it. I like that topic. Uh, Liam, you're down to your last commander as well. What do you got? I am bringing Botanical Brawler. This is a green-white zero-zero elemental warrior with trample. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, it gets two plus one plus one counters. So you get a two mana two two, right? Okay. It, it it'll it'll work out. Uh, and it says whenever one or more plus one plus one counters are put on another permanent you control. If it's the first time that 1-1 one, one counters have been put on that permanent this turn, put a 1-1 one, one counter on Botanical Brawler. So this is 
very similar to other effects that exist already, and again, at rare. I believe this is similar and in line with Juniper Order Ranger. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, similar, yeah. Juniper yeah, Order it's, Ranger. It's, it's, it's in the same uh, uh, wheelhouse. Same wheelhouse, for right, sure. Where, yeah. where, where counters are put on something else and Order Ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever you're, whenever you're putting counters on something that's not Botanical Brawler, Botanical Brawler is like, hey, give me some of that, right? Mm-hmm. This looks fun as heck as a Selesnia alternative to the Kami of uh, Whispering Hopes. So the Kami is going to very likely be built as a uh, plus one plus one counter Voltron strategy with uh, big mana spells and creatures to cast. Whereas this one is going to be more about spreading the counters amongst the team. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to building both because I love dice bag decks where the goal mm-hmm. is to just dump as much dice on the table as possible. Mm-hmm. And both of these commanders are going to enable that in, in similar but also very different ways. Uh, and I am looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds good. It, I like that it's Selesnia. Most of the Selesnia decks I see or I play against are usually some sort of token deck. So it's, it's kind of cool to see a non-token yes. Selesnia commander. And I know there's plenty of them that exist, but this one actually feels like more more like stuff that people will, will build. I mean, I already have I have a Selesnia deck in the works. It's um, Queen All in All from Dominaria United. And that mm-hmm. is definitely a token deck, uh, right. but I am I am excited to to also build this one that is going to be more of a counters deck, even though it will likely play a couple of token cards. Um, it will not be nearly as much as Queen All in All does. Sure, that's fair. Speaking of tokens, this guy really wants you to incubate. Yes. Mm. The, yeah. The thing the thing I really like about this card is that it is two mana. So it is two uh, mana. Yeah, you mentioned the uh, order ranger, and that one's four or five. Order ranger yeah. five. Um, Granted, you know it doesn't it, it doesn't have the for the first time you know yeah order clause, but order ranger has a couple combos you can do with it, which yeah why it costs five. I I like that this is two. I like that. So like I I love the idea of juniper order ranger and like also you know good fortune unicorn is similar. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like two mana is just like I feel like it's exactly where you want to be with this deck because it's it's cheap enough that you can just get it online immediately and it'll you know it'll turn into a threat of you know four four or five five by turn four. Yeah, um, I am I am looking forward to uh, mutating Vulpakeet on top of a creature. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so on I top have, of so on top of this zero zero creature. Well, not on top of this one. On top of a different creature. That way, the other creature has counters and flies, and this one has counters and tramples. And your opponent uh, is like, yeah. "Why? Yeah. Two <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> two, two evasive attackers, right? I mean, because if I if I mutated on the botanical brawler, yeah, it would get the counter, but it wouldn't get like the bonus counter. Does that make sense? I, I yeah, getting getting the bonus counter on this is good, but also like changing its stat line to not zero zero while still keeping its counters is also very good so like i mean fair i guess enough, if you're enough. if you're mutating the vulpakeet onto a uh an incubated token so that it also gets the benefit of tr- going from a zero zero to a two three like that that i'm on board with yeah yeah and i, I like the this guy's biggest you know this this guy's achilles heel is going to be that he's going to get bounced or or murdered and you can just be like that's fine <laughs> I recast him again for yep. four, and I yeah, because I resume in, in green. The, it's not gonna be hard. Yeah, and like bouncing him is gonna reset his power and toughness, and you're gonna have to start over with him. But like 
the thing that you're doing with him is putting counters on everything else. And so you're still going to have a huge board step. Like, him getting bounced is not going to be the, the crazy setback that it is. Yeah, it's like, not a like, Voltron strategy necessarily. Right. Yep. I have I have a very similar deck in the um, Sigardian Paladin. The 4-mana four 4-4 four, four that gives itself lifelink and trample when something gets a counter. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, that, that deck does also silly things where, like, there's there's just an absurd number of white and green creatures that give themselves a counter like once per turn. Yeah. And so, yeah, just getting like one or two of those online to just stack counters up on both of these things is massive. Yeah. Yeah, there's a definitely a lot of synergies with plus one, plus one counters and Selesnya. There's a lot of different things you can do, different auras, different sorceries, instants, like literally at every card type, there is something you can do with, with yeah. plus one, plus one counters in those colors. Yeah, yeah. And then there is uh, this card I run. I, I like in the guys heard Bayloth training. Uh, predatory hunger. Predatory hunger. That's gonna. Strong. That would be good in this deck. It's uh, whenever an opponent successfully casts a creature spell, put a plus one plus one counter on enchanted creature. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. But yeah, just silly fun stuff like that. But I think that um yeah that wraps up our commanders. I think it's a good sign. It make it's a sign of a good set when our commanders are. There's some multi some multicolored commanders. There's some monocolored commanders. There's some option for rule zero commanders. Like there's some set mechanics. Um, signpost on commons in here. We kind of touched a little bit of everything, and that wasn't even intentional. These were just the ones that stuck out. So I think that's a good sign for the rest of the set, or for the success of the set as a whole. You know, let's uh, move down here to the commons and just kind of cruise through these real quick. I'll start off here with white. We are doing these in Wooberg order as usual. So my first white common in the 99 is going to be alabaster host intercessor what a name for yeah i know right i had to uh make sure i, I went slow on that one uh, for five generic and a white it's a three four phyrexian samurai very cool type line when alabaster host intercessor enters the battlefield exile target creature and opponent controls until ahi leaves the battlefield and so that's cool we have that effect on many other things in mono white but this has another line of rules text which it planes cycles it cycles for basic planes for two mana they did bring back uh basic land cycling which i think uh, i know liam's a big fan of it he's got that in his list as well it's so cool uh it's a very cool mechanic there's you know it's easy ways to get your creatures in the graveyard it can help you if you're getting mana screwed etc 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 so uh, but one reason I like this as an actual creature is it's kind of thick at 3-4. It is expensive. It's 6 mana. But because it's hard to remove with damage, because it's a 3-4, it doesn't die to bolt or what have you. Literally This is a pretty... It, yeah, it's almost invincible. It's almost indestructible. It's a very solid removal spell. Even if you just need to bounce a commander back to the command zone, it's a very good solid removal spell i wouldn't slot this in your deck if you need a removal spell like oh this has removal i'll put this in here but at this point in the curve i think that's a pretty good a pretty good option especially for for slower decks late game decks that sort of thing so i'm a fan and it's got plane cycling so go get yourself a planes the plane cycling for me is what makes this card amazing like yeah we've we've had o-rings on creatures before like, yeah, I don't uh, know that this would be in my list if it wasn't for the plane cycling edition. Right. Like if you if you want to compare this to Fiend Hunter, uh, which is sort of the same effect. It's a it's a creature that comes into play, exiles a thing, and then it 
the, king, the thing comes back when the Fiend Hunter leaves. Uh, Fiend right. Hunter has this effect as a three mana one three, and like right. The the Alabaster Host Intercessor is three more mana. It's double the mana cost for plus two plus one, which is, I mean, at a glance, that's that feels like a really raw deal. It feels like it's much worse. But there's <laughs> there's two things going on for it here that make it, I think, really powerful, and that is, Fiend Hunter is uncommon. It's not legal in a format at all. So like, you're gonna pay a little more for this effect when you bring it down to common. And uh, secondly, sure. mm -hmm. um. The flexibility of plane cycling, I think, is impossible to undervalue. Like, whenever you have a six mana card like this, having it in your opening hand feels really bad. You're like, well, I'm not going to. This card's just going to sit here and do nothing for five turns while I slowly ramp right. into it. Or, like, right. you know, sometimes you'll be in situations where, like, you need to draw, or I, I guess you don't yeah you need you just need the planes you don't have the six mana like having the flexibility to turn this into a different effect instead of the six mana three four removal spell is yeah massive yeah absolutely yeah and and that's the point i wanted to make about this alabaster host uh and the other six cards that'll like it i was going to say every color but green uh but my skimming of the image gallery earlier has been uh Proven wrong by Scryfall being amazing. Uh, <laughs> every color has gotten at least one card that has their basic type cycling on it. Uh, and then green got an additional one that just has regular cycling. And I am a huge fan of cycling. I was talking that I don't know about this Alabaster Host Intercessor making it into E-Sphinx. Uh, just because the, the rate on the body is a little low, even though it is a removal spell. Yeah, sure, um, sure, sure. But... It is going to make it into my uh, fox deck, where I my goal is to cycle as many uh, cards yeah, as possible. Yeah. The cycling guy, uh, the, the, the flourishing okay. fox, yeah, yeah. Um, and this is going to go <laughs> great there uh, because that deck. One of the things that deck lacks is uh, actual playable things. Because I don't know how much you know about cycling's history, but uh, when you dig for that deck, some of the cards get a little rough. So ha having a removal spell option. Or an early cycling option for the fox is really nice. Uh, so that will be making it into that deck. But just in general, cycling as an effect, I love. Whether it's straight up cycling, or it's basic land cycling, or it's basic land type cycling, whatever it is, it might even be wizard cycling. Yeah. Cycling is great. Yep. Quick side note How irritated are you about the Neon Dynasty samurai that has plain cycle without the keyword? Very good. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I I thought I do you want, I thought I was the only one who was it? like just profoundly annoyed by that. Like I get that it has to be channeled, but like, do you know what also irritates me? Hmm. Mnemonic sphere having channel over cycle, <laughs> right? <laughs> channel discard this draw card. You're like, I'm sure there's a cycling word for that somewhere. Cycling <sighs> weird, is yeah. So so like I know channel is in the set, but. Cycling has so many more synergies that just exist in Magic. I would rather than just put cycling on it. Yeah. There's nothing that cares about when you channel. <laughs> no, there there is no. Okay. Actually, that's, I I think there are things, but they suck. So it looks like we all have varying amounts of each color. Are yeah, we just going to run through finish a color? Your white. Okay. Let's move yeah. on to the next one here. It is Angelic Intervention. 
for a generic and a white, it's an instant target creature or planeswalker you control gains protection from colorless, colorless or from the color of your choice until the end of turn. If it's a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. This is a really good protection spell. It is two mana, and it targets, well, for us, targets a creature, so it's always going to get that plus one, plus one counter. You know, sometimes getting a plus one, plus one counter is just a two mana effect. But this also gives your creature uh, protection from uh, any color, color of your choice. And I also like that it specified colorless and not just from artifacts like, say, uh, like like Apostle's Blessing did. This is actually specifies colorless. So because there's a lot of artifacts running around, PDH, there's scour from existence, that sort of thing. So this will definitely help you in a pinch. And I think it's good enough just to slot in most... Mm, most non non token mono white decks because you know tokens are expendable but if you have a commander you particularly care about or one big win condition creature etc uh, etc et i think this is going to go in in most mono white decks and a lot of decks that have just white in them so and it's even a consideration for for the cube but uh, it's going to take a little bit of testing so what do you guys think about the uh the uh protection spell we just got angelic intervention i love it I, I think this is an outstanding card. I'm really excited about seeing what it does. Uh, mostly, I'm, I'm really excited about this in Bird Horse. Uh, bird Horse yeah. needs desperately to protect its bird and its horse. Because like, people come for those commanders. People, I mean, they, they are your only win con. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and, and, they're, and they're small, right? Like, if someone, if someone kills the bird when it's a 4-6... Like you have to you have to recast it for a lot of mana and then you have to like slowly build it back up again. It's a it is a very ponderous deck to have to, to reset. So people people know that that's its vulnerability and they come for it. And the the ward, the bird gives ward and that helps enormously, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop Aether Spellbomb. Ah, see? I haven't and even thought neither about do spellbomb. any yep. of my protection spells. Yep. And so I just lose. I just lose I the Aether's Spellbomb constantly. <laughs> Except if I have, like, Apostle's Blessing. Right. Is the yep. only out for the Aether Spellbomb I have. And it's 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 an all-star in the deck. And, like, having a second one. That, it, that this one gives protection and a counter. Like, the way yeah, that the Bird Horse math works out for commander damage. Like, it's, like, one counter away from just taking... Like, that, that counter takes an entire turn off the clock. If you time it right, and so that this card right. is enormous, and it's straight up protection too. It's not indestructible. It's mm-hmm. not any of those things. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's very good, very very good. I mean, you could target your tiller of flesh and get a get a uh, incubator out of it too. Look at that. Yeah, it's true. We broke it. All right, let's. Uh, I got one more white on my list here, and it is actually an equipment one that I know uh, Robert is personally a fan of. It is Core Halberd. For a single white, you get a artifact equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus one, and Vigilance, and it equips for one. That's it. And that is very powerful. It is a lot more powerful than it reads. Seems Vigilance strong. Vigilance is, yeah, super strong in PDH. It equips for cheap. It gets plus one, plus one, and it's a single white to cast it, to get it on the battlefield. It works with all your artifact synergies, equipment synergies, like, th- there's no downside to this card. It's not like 
one to cast and three to equip or anything crazy like that. Like, it's just basically for two mana, you get plus one, plus one, and vigilance. So I'm and a fan. I, I want to I pitch in on this one as well. Um, yeah. Just in general, the equipment in this set for us is insane. Oh, it's so good. Uh, you know, I'm going to break the color pie here a little bit, but when we get to the, uh, the Beamtown beat stick, like, granting <laughs> menace and a buff, and then com- on combat damage making a treasure, instantly replaces itself mana-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got a, 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 another equipment, uh, it's Battle Fan, that has Flash in mono black. It ETBs, auto-equips to a creature... And gives that creature indestructible the tone the fan comes down is insane. The auto-equip text, we're used to seeing it have an equip cost of 3, 4, 5 mana once it falls off the initial creature. This one re-equips for a single mana, a generic mana. Yeah. The equipment in the set is outstanding. Yeah, it's and not like you have as... to be sold on mono white for this to work. Like, it's a generic yeah. to equipment. It, it's and, not another and, white. And as in love with Voltron as I am, Wizards is not making it any easier. <laughs> <laughs> to, Wizards is not making it easier to, to play a better strategy. Sure. No, I'm very intrigued by most of the, uh, most of the common equipment in this set. And I cannot say that about a lot of sets, but that, uh, that wraps up my white Dave. What do you got for white? I only have one card to add to this and it is Kithkin Billy Rider. <sighs> That's uh, a great name. It's such a good name. And the art just, outstanding art as well it is a it is sure kithkin is. riding an extremely cute goat mm-hmm. she's got a spear in one hand a sword in the other and that she is wielding two weapons that's how you know that she has double strike bingo and that's her only ability uh three mana yep. one three mono white double strike i i love seeing double strikers with very modest stat lines for cheap because i like axes and axes like double strike. Yes, they do. And that's that's really all I got to say about it. <laughs> um, I think in limited, I think this card is going to be outstanding because of all the backup stuff. Oh uh, uh, yeah, backup yeah, is it... dump dump uh, counters and comic yeah. tricks and backup all over it. Yeah, backup is a new mechanic that a creature has, and if a creature has backup one or backup n, when that creature enters the battlefield, you get to put that many counters on target creature. If you choose, so they can put the counters on themselves, and that's sort of like right. the 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 floor for this card is you know pretended that it has its backup counters on itself for its power and toughness. That's that's the floor right. of the card. If you put it on a different creature, the creature that gets the counters also gets the backup creature's other abilities that turn, or the the following abilities. So like there's a there's a backup creature that's a five mana two three with flying. So when it comes in. If you if you put its one backup counter on itself, then it's a five mana three four flyer and that's it. If you put its backup counter on another creature, that other creature gets flying until end of turn. And this Billy Rider right. is just gonna stack up these backup tokens all day long and just come in. She's she's swinging for the fences. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yep, that's it. That's all I got for white. Cool, Liam. You got any white for us? Uh, I do not have any white for you. <laughs> You're welcome to begin blue. All right, let's move on to blue. Uh, I actually only have one, and I am absolutely in love with it. It is um, 
I'm actually thinking of putting it in my cube. I just got to find room for it. It is Meeting of the Minds. For three generic and a blue, you get an instant that says draw two cards. But wait, there's more. You can actually convoke this out, which is insanely powerful. Many times this, this is going to cost you a single blue to draw two at instant speed. If you play it in a deck like Third Path Iconoclast, maybe, this may cost you nothing to draw two cards at instant speed and make another token. Like, the possibilities with this card are absolutely endless. I don't see... Again, this is another card that I don't see a lot of downside on unless you're just... You know, you got board wiped or something and you just... You have to pay four for two cards, you know, at instant speed, which isn't great, but, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Outside of that, it's great. It's great in Spell Slinger decks. It's great in Token decks, Iconoclasts, wherever you want to put it. So I'm a fan. Dave, what do you think? Are you a fan of Convoke and drawing cards? I am. I think that I, I think in certain decks, I think this is going to be exactly the powerhouse you say it is. Third Path, yep. Iconoclast, Murmuring Mystic. I think in any... Yeah, Mystic, Murmuring Mystic for sure. Uh... Yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna draw a lot of cards for cheap. I think more generically, I think that blue decks, or maybe maybe I'm just sort of biased here because the decks that I play don't have untapped creatures a lot. I that's fair. That's fair. I I really into the combat phase where I get to turn all my creatures sideways. I'm not <laughs> I'm not like Lobert. I don't believe in vigilance. So right. like I don't. All my creatures just turn sideways all the time. So like using them as mana rocks feels. Like that means I can't attack, and that makes me sad. So like that's I'm not that's as high on meeting of the minds as you, but I I do recognize that it's going to have an impact for sure. Yeah. What do you think, Liam? I I think meeting of the minds is absolutely cracked. I was having a discussion with actually Brad on on Twitter either earlier today or, or yesterday. I don't know that I would be caught dead paying full retail for this. But I think the moment you get one creature to convoke it, so it either costs two and a blue or it costs three generic, it becomes very worth it in the decks that really want to play it. The decks that are getting a, some form of trigger off of the non-creature spell, as well as two additional cards in hand. Uh, three, man, three mana for this effect is is not to go underrated. And, and yeah, I think convoke just knocks it out of the park. In certain decks, it's just a free spell. You can always convoke with Scare Tiller or Stony mm -hmm. Brook, the the one that makes Merfolk, et cetera, et cetera. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I this deck is this deck this this card is in in the decks that really want it. It is super cracked. Yes, yeah, super um, good. In every other deck that doesn't super want it, but like, hey, it could be a free spell. It's still pretty good. It's yeah, um, it's still pretty good. <laughs> uh, uh, Dave, do you think this would be good for Sphinx? I probably wouldn't put it in my Sphinx. My my, my I, Sphinx specifically doesn't have small creatures. My Sphinx is like twenty rocks, twenty beavers. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tap beavers well, to play this. And like well, at that point, I would. Right. I'm thinking I'm thinking about like the uh, Ethereum spinner that you know makes a bunch of one ones. Yeah, I mean, if or you the Scatula that exists in the deck, like. <laughs> I mean, I have an attack. I have a combat step to to get Scatula tapped. I'm not worried about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with with the Ethereum Spinner, this card is an absolute house. But without it, it's just sort of inspiration, and I don't like inspiration yeah. very much. That's fair. Yeah, I I, sure. I might take a look at the list, but I I could see in another Sphinx build this having a home, but I don't I don't know that it has one in mind. Mine is mine is already very tight as is. It's completely fair. Solid, Dave. It looks like you have as many blue cards on your list as you did white cards. What do you got? I. 
have just one white card, and it's uh, it's on the list for the exact same reason that I'm excited about uh, Angelic Intervention. This card is called Cyba Cryptomancer. It is a we're we're right back to the backup ability. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. this is a two mana zero one with flash. Backup one. And hexproof. There's a lot going on there. There's a lot going on. So flash means you can play this at instant speed. So perhaps when someone spends six mana to target your bird or horse with a murder, <laughs> uh, you can play Cyber Cryptomancer. You can flash in the Cryptomancer. Uh, when it comes into play, you can give your your backup one. You can put your plus one plus one counter on your bird, and then your bird will gain hexproof. And murder yep. will be countered. And uh, that I feels think good. That feels really good. The bird horse's biggest weakness—I mean, aside from Aether Spellbomb—bird horse's second biggest weakness is that it doesn't really have other creatures or bodies that can block. Mm -hmm. So to me, this is a counter spell that blocks later. <laughs> and like that's what I want. Right? That's everything I want <laughs> out of a card in Bird Horse. Uh, yeah, hexproof, and then just throwing it under the bus that is a 6-3 menace gut zombie skeleton. I love it. Yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about the, um, obviously I read the card, I understood what it did, but I didn't think about it specifically and like using it to protect your commanders or something like Bird Horse where it is very commander-centric. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I think this card is going to see a lot of play. And it's a Moonfolk Ninja. I mean, that's cool, right? Yeah, we like Moonfolk Ninjas. I like... <laughs> I like the idea of attacking with it and someone being like, ha you're funny, I take zero, and be like, no, it's a ninja. Bam. <laughs> Actually, it's Ninja <laughs> the Deep Hours. I'll draw a card. Yeah. And I'll put this counter spell back in my hand. No big deal. You can flicker this thing. The whole time. Yeah. How yeah, did that... It's just, uh, I've been... when it enters the battlefield, it's not upon casting it or anything. I've been staring at this card for half an hour. I didn't even realize until right now that you can flicker it. That yeah, is I didn't really either. A to whole be fair, thing. I have not looked at a whole lot of the backup cards, but yeah, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. So it back up one, it back up ones or back backs up one, backups one every time it DTBs. Backup ones. Backup ones. Yeah. Cool. Even better. Yeah, that's uh that's all I got for blue. All right, Liam. I think you have a uh, E Sphinx uh Kraken on your list for blue. What do you got? Yeah, E-Sphinx is very quickly becoming like my signature deck, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I, I feel the same way about OG. I, I totally feel the same way. I'm with you. Yeah, so so my blue card is Tidal Terror. Uh, for four blue-blue, you get a 5-6. It, it is an octopus, uh, which does not matter at all. It has island cycling for two mana, so you can discard it, go get the island card. And when it attacks, you may tap two other untapped creatures you control. If you do... Title Terror cannot be blocked. I know Davis said he's not putting this in his Sphinx deck. That's a lot of damage coming through. Um, I will be because I I feel like my Sphinx deck is a little more tempo-y than Dave's is, which is weird because Dave's was one of the inspirations for mine. Um, for those who aren't familiar, my Sphinx deck is is a conglomeration of a couple uh, pillars, just their version of the deck, and, and I I compiled it into one that i liked yeah mine does tend to have a couple of smaller creatures that i hold up for for blocking on the crackback um i would happily tap them to get a guaranteed five through yeah for sure 
And it has island cycling. Yeah, and it has island cycling. I just like that it's an octopus. It is a big-ass octopus. I, I see, love... those are actual suckers on the tentacles. Those aren't teeth. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was I was so happily not remembering that. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's all right. Let me, let, me just, all right. let me just enjoy my octopus, boy. Well, you enjoy the octopus while I move on to black. I've got two black cards on my list. The first one up is Ikor Drinker. It's a single black mana for a 1-1 lifelink Phyrexian Vampire with absolutely sweet art. And then uh, its ability is you can pay a black and exile Ikor Drinker from your graveyard. Incubate 2. So you get a 2-2 uh, a kind of on the installment plan there, which is an artifact plus one plus one counter theme. I don't know. This is really cool. This, to me, for some reason, I think this whole store, this whole card sort of tells a story. Like... It's a vampire. The art is he's drinking the Phyrexian blood, so he becomes a Phyrexian. It's got lifelink, you know, it just everything. I love everything about it. It's very flavorful. It's um, really cool. It's a single black mana, so I don't know that I'll play it a whole lot, but it, I, I I love the card regardless. So it's not super powerful or anything, but it can play into a few different strategies, some gain and drain strategies, some artifact strategies, that sort of thing, and it's just sort of an overall sweet card. That's my opinions on it. What do you think, Dave? You like I, it, hate it, nothing, I, I, different. I love it, actually. I I play so much Madness and Self-Discard and Self-Mill that like anytime I see a card that you can use from the graveyard, I get unreasonably excited about it. And yeah. this is this is absolutely one of those cards. I love, I'm, I'm going to slam dunk this into Furia just because it's, Ooh, it's a cheap, you go. it's a cheap, impactful spell if it ends up in your hand. It is a... Uh, impactful ability if it ends up in your graveyard and you just th- that flexibility I think is enormous yeah it's very flexible it's a good way to put it what do you think Liam do you like the uh, Phyrexian vampire I don't know whenever I see a one power creature I have to think of Shirei even though even though I don't have the deck anymore I just have to think of that deck and it doesn't have a dies or ETB trigger so how good could it possibly That's be true. <laughs> it does not <laughs> uh, you got me there it's got a super die trigger, like when it gets exiled. But yeah, but yeah, that, that's you can a good use point. That once, like that's true. That's it's true. I. It's I. Well, let's see if this next it's one's I. also I. It is unsealed the Necropolis. Great name for three mana, two generic and a black. You get an instant. Each player mills three cards, and then you return up to two target creatures from your graveyard to your hand. I think this is wildly good. I am. I, self-admittedly i know i am not good at evaluating cards that get creatures back to your hand but i feel like this one is really good dave i know you have a lot of experience with these types of cards what do you think about it i think this one is good yeah i uh i like it a lot three mana for putting two cards in your hand seems like a solid rate it does seem like a solid rate yeah i i especially like that it mills three and then puts the card because like the the other problem with you know put a, like the problem with death denied is that if you spend you know four four mana into it to try to get two creatures back like you're opening yourself up to getting nihil spellbound or yeah, like uh-huh. relict and then it just does nothing right. so like if there are if there are cards that you have in mind you want to get back with this you can like you can try that and then if you get blown out by the removal like you still get to mill and then make a decision after the mill and you, no one can relic in between those things happening. So right. I, 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 I like this card a lot, actually. Cool. 
What do you think, Liam? Yeah, um, I like that it's kind of about a corpse shun. Um, so mm-hmm. corpse shun, for those who aren't familiar, is one in a black for an instant. You mill three cards, and then you return a creature to you. Uh, I like that this mills every player three cards. Yes. And then you return two creatures for only a generic more. Yeah, you get the extra creature, but you get to mill three from each opponent, which sometimes helps them, sometimes messes them up. And I think that extra mill nine, effectively, is... Or or mill up to nine, depending on how many opponents are left. It's pretty valuable. Yeah, I'm a fan. All right, Dave, you got some black cards for us? I do have some black cards for you. Let's do it. I have a few, actually. Uh, two of them are functional reprints, so I'm just going to start with those, get those out of the way real quick. Sure. Corrupted Conviction mm-hmm. is exactly the same card as Village Rights. Yeah. Uh-huh. Except it has ugly, gross art of Phyrexian Eyes to Johnny, which no one likes. Right. Um, but Village Rights, one black mana instant, sacrifice a creature, draw two cards. Crazy. Now we have Crazy two good. of them. Yeah. Uh, I, I have vivid memories of 2013, like, deliberately putting... Skull Tap into my deck, uh-huh. which is the two mana sorcery sacrifice a creature, draw two cards, and like just because I was I needed that effect. Now we we have, we're so saturated with this effect, and it's so so much cheaper and better. I love it. Yep. The other one, the other functional reprint we have is called Nizumi Informant. This is a burglar rat. It is one in a black for a one one ETBs. Each opponent discards a card. We have a handful yep. of these. Now we have more, and every we time we get a new them. one, the Marsh Crocodile literally dances with excitement. <laughs> I and the love... art is sweet, too. The Phyrexian symbols show up in the neon reflection. Yeah, that's really yeah. the art is outstanding on this one. Uh, so yeah, we have these two functional reprints, which are remarkable. I'm very enthusiastic about them. The, the only new card that I want to talk about briefly is called Dreg Recycler. Uh, it's one in a black for a 2-2... For a Phyrexian Beast, you can tap it, sacrifice an artifact or creature, each opponent loses one life, and you gain one life. Yep. So, I feel like mostly this is worse than Lampad of Death's Vigil, which is a 2-mana 1-3 that lets you pay a mana, sacrifice an artifact, to drain mm-hmm. everyone at life. That This guy taps is uh, much worse, I think. But it does let you sacrifice artifacts instead of creatures if you're doing that. And, uh, Did you see the flavor text? Bodies too damaged to survive phyresis are collected and broken down into useful raw materials. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know yet whether or not this guy is going to make an appearance in my sacrifice decks. I'm, I'm still deciding whether how, how disadvantageous the tap tapping is. Yeah, that's yeah that was my big hang-up with the two. But I yeah. think it's got chops somewhere. Maybe. We'll see. Oh, that was all for your black, wasn't it? That's all I got. All right. Liam, do you got any black cards for us? Yeah. Um, the next uh, functional reprint I'm going to mention is Mirrodin Avenged is a functional reprint of You Are Already Dead from Kamigawa Dynasty. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a card that doesn't see any play, so I'm just going to move on from there. <laughs> the actual card I really want to talk about is Deadly Derision. Uh, two black black for an instant destroy target creature or planeswalker create a treasure token. This is an instant speed grim bounty. Uh, which was a one generic less uh, pirate one from Ixalan mm-hmm. for creating one less treasure token. So I like that they're slowly walking back this ability, right? Like like we saw that, uh, you know, the five mana sorcery that rebated for two was, was too expensive, so no play. 
So we try to four mana sorcery. It sees a little bit of play, but now we have the four mana instant. Right. And I either this will see play or they'll walk us back to a three mana sorcery, right? In which case that's just murder. So yeah. I'm I'm liking where this design space is at, where they're trying to figure out they, they started with treasures being super duper safe, and then they went to treasures being absolutely not safe what the hell is doing <laughs> and now they found the sweet spot but the problem is they have all the versions of treasure that exist and while there are yeah. some that won't see play because yeah. they're just bad having three different kill spells that make treasures is not healthy overall so just in general i just wanted to make a comment that if you are running grim bounty in any deck you should absolutely be replacing it with deadly derision for the instant speed um but oh yeah for yeah, sure that's it cool i like it i'm always a fan of uh all right let's move on to red i've got two here the first one up is the beam town actually not even the just beam town beat stick for a single red it's an artifact equipment equipped creature gets plus one plus oh and has menace two excellent stats right there and then whenever equipped creature deals damage to a combat or to a battle or deals combat damage to a player or to a battle you create a treasure token just like Liam was talking about uh, and it equips for two so I, I'm a huge fan of this it may not be the best equipment we've gotten at red in a while but it is pretty darn good I mean that menace alone is is very good we've seen that on sticky fingers uh, plus one plus oh is decent we've seen that on a ton of different equipments and then you get a uh, a treasure token every time it bashes somebody in the face so i don't see a problem with this it's it's red colored so it's not a generic equipment you can't just slam it into any deck you want but if you care about that kind of stuff or you really just love menace for some reason i think you can't go wrong here or if you're in some sort of treasure token package affinity package that sort of so i like it i'm a big fan and it's, it's a beat stick like like we talked about earlier or maybe it was on the pre-show like streets of new capenna just feels fun in this set more than it did like in the actual Streets of Nuka Penna set, you know, that was obviously a design choice and it kind of had to be that way, but I love the flavor and the feel of Nuka Penna in March of the Machines. What do you think, Dave? Are you going to beat people with a stick? I'm super enthusiastic about beating people with a stick. Uh, the first time I read this card, I didn't see the menace, and I thought that this mm -hmm. was just a strictly worse prying blade <laughs> because it was... I thought it was exactly the same as Prying Blade, except it cost a red, red mana instead of a generic mana. And I yeah. was like, man, it's weird that they made Prying Blade worse. Like, it wasn't it wasn't that pushed, I didn't think. <laughs> then I was like, uh, I, I saw the Menace, and I was like, <laughs> it blew my mind how much better this is than Prying Blade. Because I, I already run Prying, Prying Blade in a dozen decks. Yeah. Because I love very good. treasures, and I love equipment. I love axes. It's not... It's not thematically an axe but it's it's pretty good and like having that like most of those decks are already red so just having this strict upgrade to just add menace as well is like nuts yeah i think so too like I, this is another one of those cards that does doesn't have a ton of downside really yeah i also just love the art mm. has you know it's the the, the beam town beat stick is just a giant crowbar but yeah the art depicts the crowbar <laughs> resting like haloed in sparkling iridescence resting on an altar in a like some cathedral and you, you can see like the war going on like through through a hole in the back wall of the cathedral but like yeah. having a pry bar 
like on an altar, glowing it's iridescent. Like a holy symbol almost. It, it gives you a really powerful glimpse into the religion of Beamtown, <laughs> which is beating people with a crowbar. Like that's, yeah, that's it. That's that is it. their religion. That's that's th- those are the commandments. This is the tenets of Beamtown, <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Uh, are you in, are you gonna crowbar people, Liam? Uh yes. The the Beamtown Beatstick is insane. I don't know what deck it's going to end up in, but it will end up in one of my decks somewhere. For sure. I'll probably test it out in a handful of decks and then just land on one or two where it stays forever. So that's all I got for red. So what do you got, Dave? Uh I wanna talk about <laughs> uh I have three red cards I wanna discuss. One of them again is uh a reprint ish. I'm going to discuss Ral's Reinforcements. Uh, this is a two mana, one one and a red for a sorcery that creates two 1-1 one, one creature tokens. Yeah, uh, so good. This is, it's not functionally a reprint of Dragon Fodder or Krenko's Command, because that goblin creature type on those guys is pretty important, and this one yeah, creates uh, elementals. If you don't care about the goblins and you just need two mana for two bodies, like having another one of these... This is like the the fifth one we have or something, like yeah. Uh, I I personally love these effects. I have a lot of uh, red token decks or, or red aristocrats decks that just want cheap ways to make a lot of bodies. So I'm excited about having more of those. Yeah, absolutely. The other card that we have to discuss, very important, is an axe. We get a new I feel axe. Feel like in you set. like axes. <laughs> I don't know where I get that impression Sigh. from. But. I love <laughs> axes, guys. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we have... Uh, th- th- and this this axe is it's such a, a throwback to the original Bone Splitter. Like, Bone Splitter was, you know, the first equipment card ever printed. And it was just catastrophically under-costed for what it did. And they've been <laughs> yeah. trying to fix it ever since. And they just keep on giving me more and more axes this one is not a bone splitter it is a bane splitter this is the mirror we're gonna split the banes right in half uh it costs the same total amount of mana as a bone splitter which is one except this one costs a red mana whereas the the bone splitter is generic uh it provides the same bonus as a bone splitter plus two Mm -hmm. plus oh and that is where the similarities end Uh, this one costs three to equip instead of one which is kind of a substantial departure. But it does have two bonuses that help make up for that. Uh, First of all, it has flash. So you can flash it in as a combat trick. Second of all, when it enters the battlefield, you get one auto-equipped for free. So that that first equip is free, which uh, has some advantages and disadvantages. One of the great things about Bone Splitter is you can turn one Bone Splitter and then turn two or three, attach it to whatever you want. Yeah. You shouldn't do that with a Bane Splitter. <laughs> <laughs> you should not drop it on turn one. No, this is not a turn one equipment. This is a turn four or five equipment, which is... Yeah, it's, a com- it's a combat trick, basically. It's a combat trick equipment that then sticks around if the creature dies. So yeah. uh, you know, I, I do have a handful of decks that are all Axe Tribal, and this is absolutely going into those decks uh, because it is an Axe. And I love it. I just love having I'm Axes. A fan. And whoever's in that art is tearing somebody up with it. He's got some grievances that he (laughs) needs to air out. Yeah, That's the last red card that I want to mention. Sounds good. Liam, you got some 
some uh some redness for us yeah uh my only red card my only red card is once again a functional reprint this is ren's resolve one of the red for sorcery except the top two cards of your library of your library until the end of your next turn you may play those cards uh for those who are apt at under at remembering what auto cards do that is reckless impulse yep. to put this in perspective reckless impulse is currently a dollar common mm. so Ren's yeah. Resolve is going to have some immediate impact. Now, there's other MTG Finance stuff playing in that. Like, for instance, Crimson Vow as a set sucked and nobody opened it. So right. there's no supply of Reckless Impulse. Right. <laughs> Much Machines is looking amazing and everyone's going to open it. So I imagine Ren's Resolve will probably be less than a dollar, but I do not expect it to be in the two to five cents category. I expect it to be close to 50, 75 cents. Yeah, it's going to play. This one's going to see a lot of play kind of everywhere. Yeah, wherever you play Reckless Impulse, you should also be playing Ren's Resolve because Reckless Impulse is, in my opinion, the best draw spell in the format in red. Yeah, and you know these functional reprints; these aren't replacements. Like, if your deck can handle it, there's no there's no reason you shouldn't have Reckless Impulse and Resolve in there at the same time. Exactly. So yeah, I'm a fan. I'm curious to see how all these functional reprints are going to shake up Papa, like sixty card Papa. Yeah, because Reckless cause... Impulse is a card that sees play. It sees a lot a of play. Off. Now they have now they have eight of them, or you know, to be yeah. two copies of it. So and yeah, I don't it should think, be very interesting. I, I don't think you were already dead sees a lot of play, but I know Village mm-hmm. Rights sees a decent amount. Yep, Village Rights so I'm does. I'm curious to see yep. how how that plays into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it should be uh, pretty interesting here to watch the meta a couple weeks after the set comes out. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to green. Uh, my first green here is it only costs a single green mana. It is Seed of Hope. It's an instant. You mill two cards, and then you may put a permanent card from among the milled cards into your hand. You gain two life. It's not great, but I think it's a nifty effect. Yeah, there's not really much to say. It's going to go in a handful of decks if you're looking for lands or if you're in some sort of graveyard deck, tortured existence deck, that sort of thing. I like that it's instant speed. Uh, The life gain is sort of incidental. You know, it's only two life. It's not a huge deal, but, you know, certain decks will want it. You know, you're only milling two, so there's a chance that you won't even hit a permanent <laughs> that you can put into your hand. So this may just be an instant speed green gain two life, and that feels bad, you know? And maybe if you do that a few times, you're like, okay, I'm going to cut this card from my deck. So it may not be great, but I, I just I find it interesting. I, I like green cards that, uh, green spells, green non-creature spells that mess with the graveyard. So um, I'm going to test it out a little bit. The next one here that I have is Cosmic Hunger. I love this name so much. It is a uh, one in a green for an instant. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to another target creature, Planeswalker, or Battle. Uh, I don't play a ton of... Uh, these are bites, right? These are bite spells. I don't play mm-hmm. a ton of these. I'm specifically looking for this for uh, Herd Bailoth because I cannot find enough mm-hmm. cheap... Well, Herd Bailoth and Spiritmonger, because I cannot find enough cheap bite spells, because I'm always kind of yeah. worried that, you know, I'm trying to grow my creature or put a counter on it or whatever. Well, what if it dies in combat? That's a lot of mana to recast it. So uh, I love cheap bite spells, and this is definitely going in both of those decks. But outside of that, you know, it'll see play wherever other bite spells see play. Uh, let's see here. One last one I'll get through. It is Converter Beast for three generic and a green. It's an O one. So four four mana for an O one does not sound great. It's a Phyrexian beast creature type, and when Converter Beast enters the battlefield, you incubate five. That's gonna be a huge 
Phyrexian Artifact Creature 5. I love that it's an ETB. You know, um, Territorial Scythe Cat might have some play with this. You know, I think that deck can put up a lot of Te- mana. Teamer so. Sabertooth. Teamer. Oh, God, I did it again, didn't I? <laughs> Same thing, yeah. Same card. Oh, I don't know what my brain is doing. I do that it's, every single time. It's the cat. And even that in my head, I see it. I, I see the words. <laughs> Territorial Scythe Cat. Like, print it out. I'm reading it. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. Teamer, Sabretooth, every single time. Yes. I think uh, Sabretooth could have some fun with this. It, really, maybe Simic decks that care about flickering. I, I don't know. Just the enter, enter the battlefield to get five plus one plus one counters on an artifact seems really good to me. And I think that's how you want to use it because an 0-1 for four mana is going to feel real bad. So you need to be able to abuse that somehow. I, I think even though you are getting five plus one plus one counters on a creature that you still have to pay two more to transform. I feel like you want to cast this once and then be able to flicker it or get it, you know, basically flicker it to feel like you got a really good value out of it. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just being greedy about it. What do you think, Dave? I think, I think you do either need to flicker it or bounce it or something or like in in a green black deck, I would want to grave flicker this guy all day long in a green blue deck. I want to flicker him. I think you either need to do some combination of that or like you you mentioned the the green blue transforming commander earlier that mm-hmm. turns attacking creatures into 5/5s five space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you incubate 5 and then turn that into a 5/5 five five, you have a 10/10. Oh, God. <laughs> like you either need to do you need either flicker or like that both, I think. That, that guy's blue so you can just flicker this guy in that deck. Like well, that seems good. Seems fine. Yep, I like that plan. Cool, yeah, and it's a uh, Phyrexian Beast, so it's a very cool creature type. So, that's my green. What do you got, Dave? I am going to start with a card called Blighted Burgeoning. Uh, This is a land aura. It's kind of, you know, we have a lot of land auras like this, where it's a three mana, you enchant a land, and then that land taps for two mana. uh, Or an additional mana. Um, and the, these three mana land ores always give you something extra. A lot of them are, you know, put a plus one, plus one counter on something or gain some life, whatever. Uh, this one lets you incubate two. And I like this one specifically because Parcel Beast uses a lot of these auras and yeah. suffers from a lack of blockers. Oh, well, looky so, here. Like, yeah, I, I, this feels like a terrific card for a Parcel Beast deck. We, we are kind of saturated with these land auras at this point. Like, I don't think we needed more land auras. This is just a different land aura. If you want something that gives you a creature instead of gaining life, we got one now, which is pretty nice. Yeah, that's uh, pretty nice. These land auras have been showing up in about every standard set lately, so... Yeah, there's there's, there's a million of them. But I, I like that. I like the land auras. Next card I want to mention is called Placid Rotten Tail, which is a one-mana, one-one fungus rabbit with vigilance. Uh, I mentioned earlier while we were talking about the Ikor drinker that I really, really like cheap bodies with effects that you can use from the graveyard. And that's what this is. For three mana, you can exile this fungus rabbit from your graveyard to put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. So it's a little bit like scavenge. I just like that it's an ability you can use from the graveyard for a card that you might mill somewhere. I like having that, that option there. A one-mana Vigilant Creature also feels good in the Convoke-flavored set. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. There you go. I want to mention a card called Fertilid's Favor, 
mm-hmm. mostly just because the flavor of this card is delightful to me. I've been low-key <laughs> in love with Fertilid since Lorwyn happened. Uh, Fertilid is a 3-mana zero, 0 that comes in with two counters, and you can remove counters to Rampant Growth. Yeah. Fertilid's favor is a 4-mana instant, where you can target player searches the library for a basic land and puts it on the battlefield, and then... Uh, you put two plus one plus one counters on something. So I have decks that like to ramp. I have decks that love counters. I have decks that love ramp and counters. And this feels like a slam dunk. Yeah, it does. So, Seems good. So the artwork in Fuddled's favor has helped me realize that the original artwork for Fuddled is an ant. Mm-hmm. Yep. I always thought it was like some kind of like seed elemental. Hmm. I never, I, I never put together the, I never put together the ant's face. It's a, it's a cross between an ant and a seed, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, I, I never like processed mentally the ant's face. It was, uh, always, just a it was always just a root system to me. Oh, uh, I see, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Now it's the got... artwork makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Cool. Part of the reason I wanted to mention Fertilid's favor and be excited about it is because I love the aesthetics of Lorwyn. And I was kind of sad that when we left that plane, it had been like transmogrified into Shadowmoor, yeah. which has none of the aesthetic like pleasures of Lorwyn. Lorwyn sure. is a bright, sunny, happy place, and then it it the great aurora happened, and the whole plane shifted into like dark, shadowy. No one trusts each other. Everyone is mean. Like no one is kind anymore, and yeah. like that. Like it, it made for a good story. I enjoyed the story, but it made me sad. <laughs> and now we are getting flavor text and references to Lorwyn and not Shadowmoor, which presumably means that in the story things have shifted back. Yes. Like the the whole the whole concept of that plane is that it shifts back and forth between the good place and the shadow realm. Yeah, and it's so been we're... a rum- rumor for a while that we'll be going back there sometime soon. But This we'll feels see. like some sort of confirmation, and I'm into that. Yep. There's a, there's an Invasion of Lorwyn card here as well, uh, which I like. But I'm not going to talk about that. I just need to mention one other last card really quickly for flavor reasons. The card is called Atraxa's Fall. <laughs> Amazing. Kind of don't care what it does, but the art is... Uh, a little riveteer guy, a little demon from New Capenna, staring at Atrax's corpse, which has been pierced through by a steel eye beam. Yep. Mm-hmm. That this is how this is how you kill Atraxa. You just you hit her with a building. Yep. Fallen angels should stay fallen. Hen's I, toolbox Torah. I'm a <laughs> yeah. fan of I'm a fan of Atrax's fall and Cosmic Hunger as just being kind of upgrades for cards that you might already be playing. Yeah. Because they both uh-huh. hit battles. Now, mm-hmm. while there are no common battles currently, you're going to run into fools like Dave who are running uncommons in the command zone. Oh, yeah. you might run into Because them. remember, mm-hmm. a, de- a destroyed battle is not a defeated battle. It has to be defeated. That's right. A, a defeated battle to flip them has to have has to be on the battlefield with no counter. That is a defeated to, yep, battle. Zero counters. Battle. Yep. A destroyed uh... battle is simply destroyed. It goes yep. to the graveyard. Uh... It does not get to flip. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's it. So, interesting, so interesting. Okay. Checking against people uh, who are running battles as the commander, or just future-proofing your decks for when common battles are printed in two to three years. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That is uh, 
that is excellent input. And that is the end of my green. All right, Liam, you got a green for us? Yeah, uh, my only green card happens to also be the only card that was downshifted in the main set. It is Fairgrounds Trumpeter coming to us from an uncommon in Kaladesh to a common here in March of the Machines. Uh, it's got some new art to boot. It is a tuna mm -hmm. green for a 2-2 elephant. And at the beginning of each end step, if a 1-1 counter is put on a permanent under your control, put a 1-1 counter on Fairgrounds Trumpeter. Uh, with the one two one one counter uh, commanders I'm going to be building. This is going to be a slam dunk of both of those. I felt like it wasn't right if I didn't mention it. Also, it's the only downshift to common that we have. So, again, would feel wrong if I, it was not not at least mentioned. Sure. Uh, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to playing with this card at the common rarity. I'm looking forward to always having cards downshifted into into playables. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and just like you said, it felt... It would have felt wrong to not mention it. I also have to give a big shout out to Halo Hopper. Uh, three mana artifact creature frog. It's a 3-2 with Convoke. That's it. The art is really fun, really cute, very vibrant. And uh, you mentioned 60 card pauper earlier. This one's actually being talked about for affinity, which might be kind of nuts, but we'll see how that plays out. I don't know if Convoke's going to work well with that with such an aggressive strategy, but there you go. You could, you could theoretically have a free 3-2 that's a frog. Shout out to Froggy Boy. This is basically Whew. just like affinity. Yeah, kind of. Mm -hmm. Affinity for creatures. So, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> affinity for tapped creatures. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps it up. We uh, got some hours under our belt tonight. You guys feeling pretty good overall? I'm feeling About great that I don't have to edit this. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it shouldn't be too bad. It yeah, I'm be too bad. Outside of like major disasters, it's getting. I've got it down to somewhat of a science, or a, at least a uh, streamlined situation. Good, good. Yeah, I'm. I'm feeling really good about this set. I feel like. I feel like this conversation is what triggered a lot of thoughts in my brain. Like, a lot of the things I said tonight, I didn't think of before I said them. I just realized it, and I was like, "Oh, this is the thing you could do." And that, mm -hmm. like, now I'm much more excited than I was before. Like, yep, yeah. Yeah, that's I. That sort of thing happens to me in almost every set review. It's kind of cool, actually, because it's it's when you bounce the ideas off of people and say things out loud that you you realize stuff. So yeah. All right, I think we uh, I think we've talked enough for tonight. So let's move into the outro here. Uh, just a few more things before we wrap it up for the week. As always, if you need more Popper Commander talk or have any questions about the format, you can email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Homebase's website. That'll take you right to their Discord server. You can find Liam and I on Twitter at Popper Command and Popper underscore B. And as always, you can find Dave as the Alcadron just about everywhere else PDH is being talked about. I will put all the links down there in the, uh, in the show details. And then, uh, all right. As episode 43 of the PDH pod comes to a close, we want to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show. And from everyone in here to everyone out there, brew a deck, play some PDH, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. I brought proper text at the party. Pop. I brought proper text at the party.